Join us for this episode of The Listening Party. Um, standard procedure. I'm Adam, he's Mike. We're men of no consequence. We get together just to shoot the breeze about an album that one of us has chosen or a special guest, brackets, somebody we went to university with, close brackets, has brought forward. Um, we've each got our, our areas of, of interest and expertise, and this is not mine. Um, Mike suggested this one. <sighs> I suggested 2010's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Cards on the table. Mm-hmm. I've got issues with it. I think my basic what well, part of my problem with with certainly the hip hop that you've exposed me to, I, I don't make any sweeping comments about the genre in general, but when does it get going? It's never exciting. Yeah, it's you never don't find this exciting. No, 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 no. Wow. It, it's never sort of because it, it's 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 often such a steady rhythm. Mm. When it never speeds up, but there's no but, 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 like, the, but the climax. But you like kraut rock. Yeah, I do. But that's, I that's the same vibe. It is. It start, starts at one point, continues on for a bit, finishes. I don't listen to that a lot. <laughs> Mm. But you I tend, fucking I tend to... love Kraftwerk. Uh, yeah, I do like Kraftwerk. I really do. Yeah, love but pocket calculator. He doesn't even have the decency to be pretending to be a robot. <laughs> <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, um, I really don't want to put a lot past him. I mean, my... he could well <laughs> bloody be. My my other issue is just I think I've just scribbled down uh, Kanye question mark because he's. I mean, I know this is twenty ten. Mm. Or I know that now. Uh, and I know that you, you've you suggested that some of the lyrics and the things that he writes are... They're personas and so on. Yeah, this was through a text message conversation we had, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you were just sending me question marks and stuff. He's, so it's not writing necessarily in the first person. He's not a... He, he comes across as quite an angry man. Yes. I wouldn't describe, I wouldn't describe him as happy. No, I mean, there's a my lot other thing is to say about Kanye. It's not that, yeah. I don't really like his voice. No, that is. I mean, that's more of a preference because yeah, yeah, of course. But I like Nicki Minaj's bit. Mm. I, I, I've heard of Nicki Minaj. I don't know anything about her, but I, I read in the, you know, the breakdown that she's the one that swings about being from Sri Lanka. Really likes her voice. Mm. The bloke who says ridiculous a lot thought he was good. <laughs> Uh, there was a there was a couple of people who had voices that I really liked, but his were he, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> he sounds. Yeah. I think he sounds quite sneery. Kanye's got sort of an interesting voice because he he does do a lot with it because he he doesn't have a bassy voice. He doesn't have like an authoritative voice. You know, like someone you know, we'll get around to on the album. Someone like Rick Ross, who's on Monster and Devil in a New Dress. So mm. you're a monster. He's the guy that still goes. 
Bitch, I'm a monster, no good blood sucker. He sounds like he's an enforcer, like a yeah, real yeah, like. Yeah. Kane doesn't have that. I did prefer him. He had more yeah. gravitas. He doesn't really just have like a. I don't know, he doesn't have a particular flow. What Kanye does is he sort of, he's quite a manic um, deliverer. Like, he'll just spit, shout think? lines out. Yeah, I mean, sometimes on some, on Yeezus, he's literally just screaming at some points. On other featured spots, so even today I was listening to a song by Schoolboy Q, which is a good album, uh, Blank Face, and Kanye appears on it. And his first 20 seconds of the song is him just going, okay, 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 okay. He's quite enigmatic with his delivery, Kanye. Hmm. And he also just likes going, huh? Which I quite like. <laughs> just as a throwaway. Huh? <laughs> I just thought he had, he sounds, yeah, quite sneery and patronising and angry and bitter. But he's a man of God now. He's just, he's just last album, well, the time of recording, because Don does not come out at time of recording. Jesus as King was his, you know, his love letter to God. Well, that's as maybe, but this of all I've listened to is this one. Mm-hmm. Don't come to me for wider context. I've listened to this one, as was the brief. Speaking and... of which, shall we? Context, 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 context. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which I have to admit, it took me a while to just remember which sequence those words went in. Yeah. I, my twisted, dark, beautiful. Dark, yeah. Mine. It's a fantasy, and it is also twisted, dark, and beautiful. It's all gone terribly wrong, everyone. It's the fifth album by the rapper producer Superstar, released on the twenty second of November, twenty ten, via Def Jam and Rockefeller Records. The album was produced primarily by Kanye, with uh, additional work from Mike Dean, No ID, RZA. Jeff Basker, S1, Bink, and DJ Frank E. And I've heard of, I think, two of those people. I'm guessing RZA. Yeah. Mike Dean? No ID? Um, no. Maybe it is just the one. All right, just just RZA then. Uh, this album, I think, has an absolutely fascinating recording process in terms of the production of it. Um, it should be said, it came at a time in Kanye's professional and personal life where things had kind of gone to shit so again well one of the one of the many times in his his career look one of the things you can say about the man and i don't think it's callous to say it's peaks and troughs isn't it ups and downs oh lordy so he rises to prominence in uh 2004 with his um first album college dropout then has several years of huge success off the back of becoming a producer. Uh, and then tragically, it, I believe the end of 2007, his uh, mum suddenly passed away. Oh. And and Kanye was, even even just a few years into his career, was famous for being a bit of a mama's boy. Uh, you know, Because uh, he, he famously even did a song called Hey Mama, which was a tribute to his mum. And it was one of the first songs he wrote and he used to send it around to like record labels and magazines and even like the source magazine were listening to like songs like this dude's done a song just about how much he loves his mum and it was like fair enough that's a bit different uh so unfortunately donda west passes away and then he releases in 2008 his album 808s and heartbreak which is sort of a slight departure from hip-hop it's more him going for the vocoder singing style so in 2009 the big event in kanye's uh sort of public life happens when 
he goes to a little event called the MTV Video Awards. And he does a little turn on the catwalk where he interrupts a certain young lady's acceptance oh, speech. Oh, isn't... Oh, who were the women in question? It was uh, Taylor Swift accepting the award, uh, which Kanye believes should have gone to Beyonce right. for her single ladies video. Oh, and um, this is when the president himself called him a jackass. A jackass, yes. Yeah, um, yeah I was that... going to ask you a couple of questions about that. Yeah, we can come he, to that. Because he references um, well, the, both the two previous presidents. Oh, yeah, also by, b- before all this, he'd already come out on TV and said George Bush doesn't care about black people. There is an argument to say that he's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't discount it. I mean, history has sort of borne him out in the interrupting Taylor Swift thing, because his whole argument was Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time, as he said, for single ladies, uh, which is a video which everyone remembers to this day. Because it, it worked with the Thomas the Tank Engine music. Yes, exactly. Yeah, a bit and like... It, uh, it absolutely does. It's it, super. It really does. Um, but... I I can't claim to remember what the hell the Taylor Swift song she won the video for. Was. No, no, even I know the Beyonce one. It's it's you describe it as iconic. Yeah, so he's he's kind of got a point. Yeah, later along he did actually say, "Hey, was I wrong? Doesn't everyone remember Beyonce's? Who remembers what Taylor Swift was?" I was like, "Fuck, he has a point. Actually, I have no idea what the video Taylor Swift Damn was. Damn it, he has a point. Damn it, Kanye's right." <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that happens, and then basically the world turns against him. So yeah, uh, he does the. It's amazing that just because he interrupts Taylor Swift, the world turns against him. So he decides at that point, uh, probably going to back off a bit here, take a sabbatical. Probably haven't got well, a tragedy. Regardless of whether or not he was right, it's such a dick move, isn't it? I mean, it's a dick. It's an obnoxious thing to do. I mean, it didn't have the same charm as when. Old Dirty Bastard interrupted Puff Daddy's award and basically said, Wu-Tang is for the children. Okay. <laughs> and again, the world agrees. Wu-Tang is for the children. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. My daughter's been at nursery today and I believe they spent at least 45 minutes listening to Wu-Tang. Good, good. Yeah. yeah quite Practic- right. <laughs> practicing the lyrics to the song Triumph. Now, yes. who can recite Inspector Dex first verse to me? Now, I know that you've all mastered the words mummy and daddy and no. Have um, you got atomically? <laughs> I bomb atomically. Yes. Yes, yeah, so uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was sort of, uh, it became something of a, even though it was only a year later, it, it sort of became his grand comeback into the public sphere. Mm. So at the time of the Taylor Swift thing, he kind of did the whole humble apology tour, did the whole thing. I uh, don't think I'm quite right in the head. I don't think I've got over my mum dying. And then even within the year, he sort of came back and was like, oh, fuck you. I wasn't really, I'm not really that sorry. I only said it because you wanted me to. So a lot, of it, a lot of this album is sort of his backhanded apology to the world saying, yeah, I'm, yeah, you're kind of right. I was a dick, but fuck you, I'm Kanye West. So, and a lot of the album goes into sort of his the deeper trappings of fame and how he's dealing with it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some spo- of it the is The spoils just of it. And... Fucking vulgar. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, the album before is 808s and Heartbreak. A lot of it is, as the title suggests, just like, uh, I mean, one of the songs goes on about how uh, I'm up in first class, but I can't hear or see people showing pictures of their kids to each other and laughing because I'm in first class. And then... Oh, I couldn't stay long at my cousin's wedding because I had to get a jet out of there. 
Oh, it's, Kanye, heavy as the crown. It really, it does feel like that, where it's like, I, pre- I, I can appreciate you being opening up and being honest and more vulnerable than a lot of, like, hip-hop but artists. And if you believe up. that these are relatable concerns. I was going to say, they're not like, <laughs> I hear you, Kanye, man. Oh, yeah. man, been there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is a little bit like, my fucking heart bleeds for you, yeah, I couldn't go, I couldn't spend as long as I wanted at my cousin's wedding because of all my fabulous responsibilities. <laughs> Yeah, so thematically explores West status as a celebrity, uh, consumer culture in general, race and idealism of the American dream. Um, something we did in, up in the, the, um, the release of the album, which actually it worked really well and it certainly got me at fever pitch. Because I, I was just thinking back the other day about how excited I was for this album coming out. Hmm. Um, so he implemented uh, Good Fridays. So I should say about... Three months before the album came out, every Friday he'd release just a standalone track of uh, stuff oh. he'd been working on the same sessions. So they, you know, featured people like Justin Bieber and, um, you know, not that I was a fan, but just like people with big names and yeah, like, big. like you know, songs with Jay-Z in them and other massive hip hop stars. And like, oh, these aren't just like shitty B-side throwaways. He was like spending like considerable time and effort doing this shit. Um, and some of them were legitimately really good. And some of them he released sort of half formed and they ended up going onto this album because he released them and everyone said, why have you just given away that for free? That's a fucking amazing song. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, shit. So about, oh, yeah, uh, Monster, Devil in a New Dress, So Appalled, um, all appeared as a Good Friday track first and then was quickly taken offline when everyone said, this, this song's fire. Why, why are you giving this away? Taken offline, dusted down. Yeah, slightly remixed, uh, polished up a bit, and then plonked on the album. Um, yes, and in, in the build-up, he also um, he made his own short film, which I believe premiered at the Venice Film Festival called Runaway. And that is the sound mm. of Runaway. Mm. I bet that's great. Do you want to know basically what the plot is? Yes, yes, I do. It's always, as we've said before on this very podcast, when one person who is absurdly talented in one artistic field, when that's the case, they do feel like, well, presumably I can do absolutely anything. Mm. Cinematography, I'll give it a bash because I'm I'm easy. And therefore, the film that I make deserves its premise. I mean, Yeezy is now a fashion empresario with a successful line of clothing and an insanely successful footwear line. Yeah. We've seen some of them online. Adidas. Okay. No, they, oh, Ugly they're god-awful <laughs> shoes because people buy, buy them in their droves. I I can't countenance wearing any of the fuckers because I think they're ugly as shit. But. Well, they do. They make you your feet look like your... Sonic the Hedgehog or Mario. Yeah. You, you look like a cartoon characters. And now he's doing his whole, uh, he's got a collaboration with Gap um, selling uh, oversized jackets. Uh, basically just uh, rubbish bags. Sounds awful. Yeah. Tell me about his film. So the film, A Phoenix Falls to Earth. Well, we're off to an absolute blinder <laughs> of a start, aren't we? Kanye driving along. This is a literal phoenix. Uh, yes, a, a lady phoenix. A, a woman falls from the heavens. A lady. A, a phoenix. And is she a flame? She is. She literally falls to the earth in flames. Yeah. Good, in, good, good. Into a forest. And then deer scatter. And then Kanye driving along the road. 
haplessly in his Murcielago. <laughs> like you're pitching it to him, and he's just sat there going, yeah, yeah. And then you, Kanye, appear <laughs> in your supercar. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> then the lady happens to be, or no, sorry, the phoenix happens to be quite the extravagant-looking lady. I'm thinking a supermodel portrays her. A great beauty. Yes, you take said great beauty in your said supercar back to your fabulously appointed mansion in the woods somewhere. Yeah, yeah. She then watches some television of some media outlets like, say, TMZ or E, something, you know, not reputable. Someone who would have something against you, Kanye. You turn the TV off and say, hey, baby, don't believe all the shit you hear. And then suddenly, for some reason, you get a drum machine out and just start fucking drumming away. This Phoenix is dancing. She's dancing, Kanye. And you're just fucking drumming. And then then for some reason... <laughs> she's dancing. I'm dancing. She's dancing, Kanye. So and this woman that he's trapped Phoenix in his home. So imagine human centipede with a Phoenix, yes. Uh, yeah. Then... But, it, but, everyone, but she's still a Phoenix. Continue. Yeah. Yeah, she she has she has wings. She has literal feathers and wings. Good, 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 good. Of yeah. course she does. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then for some reason they they dressed for nines and watch a parade, which mostly involves a brass band and a giant effigy of Michael Jackson's head, while fireworks go off. Good. Yes. It's never quite explained why this happens. Well, he I, Michael Jackson, I believe, is referenced in the album. He did. Yes, and it is the exact moment that appears. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so oh, it, it, serendipity itself. <laughs> right itself. <laughs> uh, then something, something happens, go for a drive, and then they go to some kind of a garage looking, a, a factory perhaps, fabulously pointed with these green walls, and there's a banquet going on. Yes, uh, of course. Yes, supposedly surrounded by family members or well-wishers. And um, uh, someone seems to lean over to Kanye and say, is that a phoenix? And he just says, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then ballerinas appear and scatter around the room and begin some kind of dance, a, ball a balletic dance, if you will. Then Kanye goes up to piano, starts t pressing away at the keys, and the song hey. Runaway appears. Right, right. And does is that the end or No no. Uh, does the Phoenix then begin dancing and dancing again? No, I no, do no, hope so. This time the ballerinas dance. Right. Uh, so what's up? what's the what's the Phoenix doing? Well point? she's at a table trying to not trying to be, to be cool about everything. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. She she ain't happy. She's not been invited to dance at this point. There's this and room also, for ballerinas. Presumably, she doesn't know anybody at the big factory banquet that's full of ballet yeah, dancers. And to be fair, no one is being forthcoming in being welcoming to her. They're quite rude as well, saying, um, Kanye, can I have a word? Is, is that a Phoenix? Yeah, I mean... It's... Yeah. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, so then a series of events happen. Uh, she reveals her phoenix-like wings. She's terribly ah, upset. She's terribly and upset. The phoenix-like wings are they on flambe or? Do you know what? I can't remember. Um, it's probably I'm, not. Paris. I might have been looking at my feet at this point, um, <laughs> as indeed were many of the other diners. <laughs> I woke up in my eyes. <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> She's showing her wings. Uh, where does Kanye get these women? The, the menagerie? I don't know. 
Yeah, oh, the, the, the ballerinas take their leave of the place, and because they don't know where to put their faces, yeah, no. this is going on. This this family you know, embarrassment going on. Well, imagine they they they're getting up to do their scheduled turn. Hmm. Suddenly, he's on the piano. There's no guarantee that he's playing the same song that they've agreed to perform. Yeah, he, so he's they're being asked to freestyle. They're dancing to Runaway. He's singing, you know, knees up, Mother Brown. <laughs> huh? Then uh, the, the phoenix takes her leave of the place by exploding, I believe, through the ceiling. Out of, well, irritation. Yes. As, you know, who hasn't wanted to do that, everyone, <laughs> have they? Um, and then I seem to remember she ascends back to the heavens as yeah. Kanye runs furiously after her. His shirt suddenly agape, showing off his uh, quite chiseled features at the time. Right. Um, so and then he... he so he's running after her, but crucially, she's going up. She's going up. He's going sideways. He's going across. He's going across. So I'm right. not quite sure what his end game is here. Presumably, uh, tall hill jump, you'd guess. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he's wearing some Yeezys and Yeezys and he's going to jump off and yep. hopefully grab yeah, yeah. her and, and grab some gold coins on the way up. I was going to say, maybe, you know, eat a flower, get big. Yeah, get real big. Um, yeah, and then... He just he never catches up to her because oh. he's, take, he's taken that wrong course of action going straight and she's gone up. Ah, oh, what a So the Shut. phoenix becomes the titular runaway. Oh, right, yeah. And I presume Kanye just keeps running and running forever because he's not found his quarry and because he doesn't mm. give up, he just keeps running. So I imagine he just explodes. Yeah. And that that is essentially the plot. Whereupon... He becomes a phoenix, and the whole cycle begins again. Yeah, and there's more or, more awkward family conversations to be had. I mean, this could all have been avoided if they'd just been a little bit more welcoming, just a bit more courteous. Just offer her a drink. Also, yeah, don't ignore. Yeah, ask a name. Don't just take her straight from your compound to just an extension of said compound. I mean, I would, I would have built. She's new up. to the planet. Maybe, you know, take her out. I mean, yeah, yeah, she's she's taken well to the brass band and the Michael Jackson effigy. She seemed to handle that okay. So yes, now, no, but you'd imagine that after that, you'd need a bit of a sit down. Well, yeah, well, yeah, my first thought would be, yeah, I'll take her to the family Easter dinner. You know? Yeah, rather than... Well, Every, everyone's going to be there. Yeah, that's overwhelming, isn't it? Um, Start maybe a, parents. A museum. A national trust yeah. property. Yeah. So, um, okay, so he, he massively mishandles the relationship with the Phoenix and uh, reaps the consequences. Yeah, so he did all that, the film Runaway, which we spent way too long talking about because basically no one gave a slight of shit. Um, mm. So the film came, came and went. I mean, now if you go on Apple Music, it's literally as a bonus track on the album. So you can listen to the album, then you can watch the film Runaway. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really recommend... I mean, the music... Oh, sure, as I mentioned, the, the soundtrack is all just my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, slightly curtailed, slightly remixed in places. And I have, and... Um, one obvious question is how long is this motion picture? 35 minutes, so actually shorter than the album. Fucking hell, you what you there isn't enough plot in what you've just said to make 35. I'm minutes. sure I'm missing one or two bits. Oh, yeah, key sequences. What well, they really key... tie the whole thing together. What is key voters, and isn't a lot of dialogue in it. Which well, is a good thing. Thirty-five minutes. That that's that could just about sustain a music video. I mean, a good ten minutes of it is basically the song "Runaway." He'll have spent a fortune on that. Oh yeah, he will have done. 
of somebody's money. It got a premiere at a film festival and everything. It like had a red carpet rollout. Yes. Well, no one gave a real shit about the film, but they did about the album because in its first week it debuted at number one in the US and sold 496,000 copies and eventually went on to become triple platinum. And it's also been uh, streamed over a billion times on Spotify. Wow. The whole the whole album. And it, it garnered immediate widespread critical acclaim, being named the best album of 2010 on That's many end of year lists. Yep. Uh, it won what the best hell rap am I not hearing? <laughs> it won Best Rap Album at 2012 Grammys, but it wasn't even nominated for Album of the Year because the Grammys don't make sense. Um, but amazingly, the album actually cost $3 million to make. And the, the story behind the making of it is quite amazing. So he decided to take himself off to Hawaii um, yeah. to... And basically hired out an entire, not just a studio, the entire studio complex and had three studios going on at any one time. And he essentially invited like some of the artists and producers he admired the most to basically come and just do a factory style setup. So he paid for like everyone's accommodation, everyone's travel, everyone's food. And they would essentially... Uh, Rizzo tells a great story because he was there for a few weeks. About, and he was there too. And Rizzo of Wu-Tang Clan was there too. Uh, so he was invited down to take part. And he said they would wake up in the morning, all have like a communal breakfast and everything. They'd go to the gym, work out. They'd play some basketball for a while. Then round about four o'clock in the afternoon, they'd all just go into their studios. Everyone also is kind of suited and booted. Everyone's kind of wearing like suits and ties and things like that. And like they're actually going to work. And then they'd say they'd spent for about four in the uh, afternoon to four in the morning just working in the studio. And Kanye would sit there playing around with ideas, having conversations about what he was hearing, what they were all thinking about lyrics people were writing. Then if he hit writer's block or was hit by the wall, he'd just go into another studio and say, OK, what are you guys doing in here? And he literally just this massive just operation he had going. Like an open evening at a school. Essentially, yes. And what's happening in here, kids? <laughs> And just the list of people he had. So there was names that uh, who went there who didn't even end up on the album. Um, so the full list of, well, most of the people. You had Raekwon and Rizza from Wu-Tang, yeah. Pusha T, Rick Ross, Charlie Wilson, Big Sean, Cy Hyder Prince, Swiss Beats, who's the guy who um, you like say, one hand in the year. Huh? Uh, you had the singer Dwelly, Nicki Minaj, T.I., who does it on the album, Drake, uh, yeah. Common, again, rapper, um, Jay-Z, John Legend, Fergie from Black Eyed Peas, Rihanna, The Dream, Ryan Leslie. Fergie as well. Elton John, yes, she turned up as well. Oh, hello. Pat Shell, he's on it for a spell. <laughs> MIA, Justin yeah. Vernon from Bonivert, Seal. Seal was there for some reason. Lost a blood vessel, he turned up. Uh, Beyonce, Kid Cudi, Mose Def, Santi Gold, Alicia Keys, Ellie Jackson, um, Q-Tip, DJ Premier, Mad Lib and Pete Rock. And Mr. Kipling. Yes. So, I mean... Yeah, so he basically paid for all these people to turn up and do a little turn or sit there and work with him for months. It doesn't seem like a cost-effective way of working, does it? It's a very extravagant album. It and feels like somebody with a tremendous amount of money who, yes. who might also be quite lonely. There's that sense as well, yes, really, yeah. Because whereas 808s and Heartbreak, it's been quite a sparse album 
just there's not there's really not a lot going on. It's literally like a handful of machines he uses, and it's stripped quite stripped back. They did. My beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is full blown excess. Dear God, he's throwing everything musically. There's so much going on at any one time in all these songs. Yeah, it's very busy, isn't it? It's very busy album. Yes, so when it came out, many critics described it as prog rap. Enemy described it as a rock opera. Um, neither of those necessarily makes sense to me, but okay. Yeah. Music writer Anne Powers, who uh, I, I hear often on NPR stuff, she's very good. Uh, Right, for crisis of the jet lagged cosmopolitan, the exhausted cry of one who's always new in town, chasing whatever girl or girl is in the room, fueled by consumer culture's relentless buzz, but finally left unsatisfied. Oh, well, now you see that, that seems absolutely bang on. Yeah. Because what I, my take home from the album was it, none of this is making him happy. No. Yeah, it's, now, it's an album of deep, it, it's his dark, twisted fantasy. It's it's oh, the life. So it's, his career has turned out to be a dark, twisted fantasy. Well, it is. It, it is just your classic. Be careful what you wish for, fantasy, isn't it? He ha- he has the success, the fame, the money he always craved. But aha uh, ha! Is he happy? The answer is no. No, he's not happy. <laughs> Nobody could listen to this and come away from that going. Yeah, I think so. It seems pretty chipper. He may as well just called it. Nah, no, nah, I'm not happy anyone. Nah. <laughs> Kanye West's latest release, yes, not for me. <laughs> can't can't claim to love this. No. Uh, it's oh, it's not making me happy. It was originally titled Good Ass Job, which was more in line with his uh, his earlier albums of The College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation. 808 and Heartbreak was a blip, and then it was supposed to come back to this theme. Uh, and Good Ass <laughs> Job. The theme being, Yeah! Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Turns out, no. Uh, yeah, and the art, the famous artwork for it was designed by George Kondo. The cover depicts West being straddled by an armless winged female. Part Phoenix, part Succubus, uh, part Harpy, some kind of ghost, some weird thing. Um, yeah, Kondo made eight paintings based off the album, and the uh, the cover of it is famously yeah. been pixelated, banned in many places. Which uh, women get a bit of a rough ride in this. Yes, you know, you get from his lyrics, he doesn't really like women, although he's also obsessed with them as well in a very sexualized way. That was yeah. something I, I've definitely noticed from his earlier albums, basically pre his mum dying. To you can clearly tell once his mum's died he becomes a lot more sexually explicit and vulgar in his lyrics because it's almost like my mum's not going to hear this now so I can say what I want. It does yeah. have that ring about it because there's other songs on Yeezus, especially the album, where it's like, good God, man, this is filthy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's not even, it's just fellatio as well. Yes, yes. Which creates this sense of sort of quite an unpleasant power differential. Mm. I don't like the man based on this <laughs> record. I don't care for him. I, d- I, mean, I don't know him. I haven't read any interviews with him. I don't want to. Oh, he comes of... out with some treats. But I only know the sort of the big famous ones like, you know, Slavery is a choice. Barack Obama. Oh, Jesus. Wept. <laughs> he's... And let me take this meeting with you, Donald Trump. God, he seems like an unpleasant man. I, f- I think he really is just in his own world, generally do. Um, he does feel like he's fallen foul of the 
hugely successful people and there's just nobody will ever say no. Oh, yeah, he's absolutely in his bubble now. He has a sphere that it's hard to come out of. And too rich, too powerful. Yeah, he doesn't. And actually... also too big to fail as well. Yeah, he, I, I really do feel like he's reached that billionaire point where it's just like he doesn't know how the world actually works now because he's helping to run it. You know, the circles he runs in now, they're literally the people who run the world. And I don't mean that in any sort of Illuminati way. He's literally rubbing shoulders with the Elon Musk's and Jeff Bezos of the world. And fucking Donald Trump while he was president and he had his ear. So, you know, he's literally talking to people who run, you know, the Western world. I mean, yeah. I feel like he may well have told them, have you considered going to space? Huh? I mean, <laughs> this is pretty impressive for a guy who started off as just producing rap beats in Chicago for local bands to where he's got now. It oh, is. Oh, yeah. There and, he was you know, in his workshop, just gently hammering out beats. Yeah. It's like a not, craftsman, an artisan. And he was happier then, Mike. He was happier. You, you know, the start of the film. Just Santa a humble Claus. beatsman. You know, Santa Claus, the movie with Dudley Moore, where you see the origins of ah, Santa yes. Claus. And yes, you know, yes. he, he makes little wooden toys for the boys and girls. And then he dies horribly, frozen to death, which they scurt over quite quickly in the film. But he dies, everyone. He dies. Uh, I kind of feel like that happened to Kanye. He just started off crafting these lovely little beats he'd bring to tapes on. These lovely little wooden beats. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> and, you know, handing them over to, you know, yeah. someone like, Thank you, lad. Now scamper on. And now, you know, now he's fucking Father Christmas bringing you all those fucking toys. No, no, now he's John Lithgow, actually, in the film. Can I bring ye another beat? Certainly, young man. Certainly, young Kanye. <laughs> I mean, it's, it... it it really is impressive what he's become. But on the global scale. Yeah, so just before we do get into the songs, just wanted to say Metacritic has signed this a score of 94, which isn't bad. Billboard would name it the 30th best album cover of all time. NME said it's the 7th best album cover of the 21st century. Andy Gill of The Independent. One of Pop's gaudiest, most grandiose efforts of recent years, a no-holds-barred musical extravaganza in which any notion of good taste is abandoned at the door. Uh, Pitch, yep. Pitchfork gave it its first 10 out of 10 rating in nine years at that point. Uh, yes. it's, also, it's also included in the 1,001 albums to hear before you die. Uh, Pitchfork, best album of the 2010s, best uh, of 2010 on Billboard, Time, Slant, Rolling Stone, Spin Magazines. Uh, so yeah, it's got some pedigree. This album, it, it was it was three million well spent. Well, they've made their money back, haven't they? Oh, my I know, goodness. I know, it's really not the point, but I'd be so interested to know how much Robert Fripp and Greg Lake and so on made out of it, just on the song "Power," because it's been on so many adverts. Oh, yeah. And the, the think... album itself, and that song has been streamed more times than the rest of the album that it's from. Certainly yeah. on Amazon Music, it has. I think they've been... Uh, Handsomely yeah. compensated. They've been compensated, yeah. Because it is absolutely integral to the song. Mm. The whole song hangs off it. Well, should we... I mean, actually... Yeah, no, we can just go straight to power if you want. Um, all right, well, I didn't... The album doesn't necessarily work for me I, just because i find him so such a stumbling block mm. but power is an absolute jam yeah i really really started liking it 
was, was I this even the first like song? Crimson Sample, which I oh, previously okay. had I, found jarring. I was going to say, I would have thought you would have found that quite jarring. Well, I did at um, first, um, but I really started to like it. Yeah, I even so like his, his, that's the one song where I think his voice is quite good as well. Mm. Yeah, he has a real um, energy to his voice in it. Well, I like the, the, the drawl on our. Yeah. He does, he has a good turn in doing that, of kind of bending words to sort of. Well, making our and power properly rhyme. Well, yeah, yeah not, not even make stuff rhyme, but also just affecting his voice to really have an emphasis on certain words. And, like he'll just he, have all that power, yeah. He'll 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 well, just he'll, he'll really draw out a syllable, or he'll really just bend a word and kind of really just mew it like a frightened tree. Yes, he'll mew it like a frightened tree. Uh, so yeah, apart from the King Crimson, and Mr. Kenrick, from yes, your yes, from uh, apart from King Crimson, twentieth century schizoid man, you've also got the the main um, beat is from Afro America by Constant Number Six. Which is the whole ah, uh, hey, uh. oh yeah, and also it's your thing by Cold Grits, and this one's actually produced by Kanye West and Symbolic One. Uh, this is a crazy one where he apparently spent five thousand hours on this song alone. You can hear that, yeah, because even the levels change, mm. so certain bits of it are much louder and more prominent than the next bit. So, so like. You can tell he tinkered around with whether yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that guitar should be louder there, whether the hand clap should be lower down here. And it's one of those songs as well, it, you know, because I know what you said about it all just seems to start one level. Got Power definitely has Power's the exception, yeah. Yeah, because you've got moments where it's just piano, suddenly it goes quite quiet, and then you've got a kind of a chant aspect to it. But, um, but literally quiet as well, not just softer. Yeah, like it just it, stops it's, dead. It's literally, it's not as there. And then suddenly yeah. your speakers are being used to more of their capacity again. Mm. Yeah, power is... Power's as good as a song like this can be. It's it, yeah. it's where you see, like, the obsession sort of pay off. It's really... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, re it's intricate, it's rich. I mean, and I think it's a great um, statement from him at the time because this was the first song off the um, album released and it was his first major single after the whole going away and coming back from his apology and coming back with a song called Power. Well, that's and I think the lyrics it's, saying no, no one man should have all that power. Well, that's what I like about it. I think it's it's one of the only times on the record where I can hear any sort of self awareness. Yeah, but is it you know is it him commenting that he shouldn't have all that power or is he saying that people are saying that about him? People oh. pointing at him saying, no one man should have all that power, Kanye. Oh, oh, he heavy lies the crown, Kanye. That's, that's such a shame. Because <laughs> I really thought maybe he'd learned. Mm. Yeah. So you feel like the lyric should be, no one man should have all that power except for me, Yeezy. Yeah. I yeah. should. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always find these things interesting, but the beat was originally meant for another rapper called Rhymefest, uh, who's kind of one of Kanye set. Absolutely uh, yeah. fucking gutted for Rhymefest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> Yoink. Uh, Rhymefest. Tiny change of plan. <laughs> yeah, in, bizarrely, in a GQ interview just last year, uh, 
Kanye West said uh, that he thought this is his weakest first single off an album he released. He's just he, being contrary, isn't he? Because he said he thought he was bowing to expectations because he thought people were expecting him to come out with a bombastic, like, fuck you song. And he did. It's a yeah. man with I, a lot of time on his hands, isn't it? Yeah. I, I There's a lot of time I, in, the old, in his own head. I did, see, when it came out, I didn't think, oh, God, Kanye, Bro, come out you. With, with this bombastic, awesome song. God. God, I tell you See what, we were, a mile off. we were expecting you to come out with an awesome song, and you bloody did it, you tinker. I was expecting you to come out with, skip to the loo, my darling. <laughs> Not as much loot as I was expecting, can you? <laughs> Keep us guessing. Skip to the loo, my darling. Ah, yes. No one man should have all that power. People's perception. Yep, uh, I, I like it when he just starts mentioning Colin Powers, Austin Powers. Lost in translation with a whole f- fucking nation. They say I was the abomination of Obama's nation. And then the whole uh, sort of end sequence with him saying, now this would be a beautiful death. I'm jumping out the window, letting everything go. So at the end, he's literally contemplating suicide. Which isn't really stuff you, you tend to get in hip hop, is people actively talking about suicide. And yeah, I was kind of contemplating killing myself at one point. Especially in a bombastic song like this. Because yeah. you get so swept up in it, you could actually lose that for a minute and be, hang on, is he, is he literally talking about... Because I think, even though we've said up top, uh, a lot of these songs aren't necessarily Kanye West. They are facsimiles of a Kanye West-type character. Mm. I do feel like on Power, he is writing from his own standpoint. Right. And whereas some of them are from one yay cast. Yes, yes. Yeah. Him with a moustache is what I'm imagining. Uh, no, you mean my brother. Uh... <laughs> I'm Guy Incognito. <laughs> Guy Incognito. Okay, so some of these he's being himself and some of them he's Guy Incognito. Some of them he's Guy Incognito, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have to admit, Power, even though it's one of them ones where I fully appreciate it and... It's got a, like a real mix of all of his previous styles. Like you can literally hear drums from other tracks he's done. It's got like certain style of like um, strings and pianos, like on late registration and stuff like that. His other albums, I can take or leave power at times because it has been played so much. You're it's a been contrary so, bastard. You really it's, are. It's been so overused on adverts and just TV shows and stuff. I, it's it's actually started to suffer the Rebel Rebel effect for me, this song. Well, it's still relatively new to me. Mm. Whereas so, in the last 11 years, I've heard this song a lot, not through choice. Yeah. See, I've heard it a couple of times on adverts, and my main takeaway has been, you know, my ears prick up at 21st century and go, ooh, oh, it's stopped. 21st century, skid died, man. Bow. And then somebody's just talking over him. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, no, I've, I've really come round. Well, thought... I'm glad. It, it, don't get me wrong, I don't dislike it. Not going to lie to you, got... Mike, it is downhill from here. Oh no. Well, but... should, should, we, should we jump back a bit and start with Dark Fantasy? What I think is a, a bold gamble on what is the first song on the album is the first voice you hear is Nicki Minaj doing is that an English accent. Yeah, doing an English accent. Is that what she's doing? Yes. You might think you've peeped the scene. You haven't. The real one's far too mean. I hated that. 
<laughs> Absolutely it's, it's, hated it. I couldn't work out who it was, what they were doing, what they were saying. I thought so, this is just so you, you were. Con- you were confounded by it, so you didn't. I was like absolutely it. confounded by it. I thought it sounded a little bit like um, that American comedian. She's, you know, the woman in Flight of the Concords, who's obsessed with them, with the the sort of the big round eyes. Kristen Scholl. Yeah, yeah. Thought it might have been her doing a doing a bit like a stupid voice. No, it's, it's Nicki Minaj doing a silly voice. Well, fine. Um, it's that's irritating because I thought Nicki Minaj in Monster is. is is one of the best bits on the record. Oh yeah, and it, um, it, it genuinely made me think. Like, maybe do do I like Nicki Minaj now? <laughs> I think you, I think you do because I I don't think I can pick her out of a lineup. She, when she's talking about being a bad bitch in Sri Lanka, is fucking great. I love her voice. She does about eight different things with it. It's really playful. Oh, yeah. well, 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 I like the way it scans. To find yeah. out that she is responsible for this piece of. Twee country well, it, up top is really she's, irritating. She's reading a, a reworked Roald Dahl poem. Oh, is she? Yes. Yeah, uh, oh, well, we can all do that. Cinderella, apparently. Never is heard it. it. Right, yeah. yeah. What, from like revolting rhymes, is it? Probably, I don't know. Gather round, children, zip it less than boom. Can we get much higher? So high. And do you know who sampled on the... Can we get much higher? Oh, who is it? It's our old friend, John Anderson. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, no. We have cause to talk about John Anderson on a Kanye West album. Can we get much higher? Oh, yeah. oh, oh Alec, I've never listened to it myself. I've never listened to it myself. I've listened to classical music, Alec Baldwin. I've got absolutely no interest in listening to Kanye. Absolutely not. But... It bought me a yacht, so I let him use it. it Where is that I- from? It bought me a new iPod. Here we get more. Yeah. To, to, listen to, to listen to Mr. Vinsky. Stravinsky's yeah. the most recent thing I listened to, Alec Baldwin. Vinsky, Antonardi. No, so all the big boys, all the big hitters. Kanye, got to be honest with you, thought you were clearing your throat. But <laughs> I like the colour of his money. Where is... <laughs> Where is this from? Um, I did write that down. Oh, it's um, it's a sample from Mike Oldfield's In Higher Places, which features guest vocalist John Anderson. Because that's not John Anderson singing. I'm not sure if it is. I might be a treated sample. Oh, I suppose it might be treated, yeah. I mean, as much as I enjoy doing his voice. <laughs> I've listened to... Quite a lot of John Anderson singing, and uh, <laughs> I, I've certainly, listened, I've I'm listened certainly to, far more familiar with John Anderson than I am Kanye West. I've listened to Owner of a Lonely Heart at least ten times. So yeah, I thought I thought you'd enjoy excuse to talk about John Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. That's just it's really really improved the piece. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah. Can We Get Much Higher is is an incredible earworm. Hmm. Quick question: He mentions the words whack and corny. Hmm. Is he being ironic or blasted boring? No, I think they, they they've retooled the Roald Dahl thing to right. say it's all whack and corny to give it more of a charming thing. Well, they've yeah. missed charming um, and and landed on twattery. 
I, um, I think it's quite an arresting yeah. opening. It's not. No, it's... It, come, it comes out of left field for a hip hop album. The no, the opening really did aggravate me. But I thought that can we get much higher? Is is sort of beautiful to be honest. Yeah. Which is then really juxtaposed with quite hollow comments about just how much head he's getting. Which again, I fantasize was... about this back in Chicago. Starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> See, because I was listening to the album again and again, and you just keep hearing it going, "Oh my god, get over it." Well, you mean when he says, uh, "Got so much head, I woke up in Sleepy Hollow." Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of that's just, it's a turn of phrase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's the same shape as a joke. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a non sequitur. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the. Can we get much higher sample? I find that quite arresting the first time I heard. It. I still love it when I hear it. I loved how it sounds bizarrely triumphant, and then the song just twists and bends into a rizzer beat. And it, I find that you know, listening to a lot of Wu Tang over the years, to me this song sounds unmistakably. This is a rizzer track. Mm. It, just that, da, 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 and you can even hear the keys that do, 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 and it just has that because it sounds slightly off and slightly maniacal, and mm, something's gone wrong here. Do so I take your word for it, Mike? Yeah, so or, already something has gone wrong because the title suggests it's a dark fantasy. Start off with this fairy tale vision, and then instantly it's all got it's all gone to pot. Uh, early doors. Mm. Straight out of the gate. And, you know, he, the his first line is, it, I fantasise about this back in Chicago. So he's been dreaming about this. And it, mercy, mercy me, that Mercy Largo. And then, yeah, he's getting so much head. He's woke up in Sleepy Hollow. And so this is all a song about him actually getting what he wants, finally. Like a fat booty Celine Dion. Sex is on fire. I'm the king of Leona Lewis. What the hell does any of that mean, Adam? But it, it's all decadent, isn't it? I mean, lines like that just mean, what the fuck are you talking about? That's a terrible line. I'm the king of Leona Lewis. You're just saying people's names now. Leona Lewis. You don't hear a lot from her anymore, do you? No, and she's been immortalised in this Kanye track. Hmm. Keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding. I do like the line, though, when he says, the, the plan was to drink until the pain's over, but what's worse, the pain or the hangover? Which, you know, is when, when, when you have moments of depression, yeah. it's like, ah, fuck, I just going to drink. And then you're like, yeah, but if I drink and feel slightly better now, I'm going to wake up hungover as shit tomorrow and feel even worse. So I'm going to be depressed and hungover. True enough. Mm. Yeah, even though it wasn't released as a single, it still got to number 16 in the US charts. That's remarkable. Uh, yeah. That's Rizzo's the power of streaming, isn't it? Oh, Yeah. And yeah, Rizzo, even though it's the only track on the album, Rizzo has a production credit on. He said it was one of many tracks he worked on. And again, um, No ID, who was another producer on it, said the beat was originally been offered to Jay Z and Drake before Kanye took it. Again, I'm go ahead for this. Yeah, and it, it was um, Kanye actually worked on more of the, the orchestral bits and. The, the bridge sections and the RZA part is very much the, the main beat which Kanye raps over. So, I mean, I, I really like it. I remember the first time listening to this, I was just like, oh, that was a strong opening salvo because I just thought it sounded so... It wasn't what I was expecting from the album. It just sounded different. The fact that RZA was on it, because I'm a massive right. tank head, I just loved the sound of it. I was like, oh my God, this is what a Kanye West RZA song sounds like and I'm all here for it. Fair enough. Big fan of dark fantasy. Okay, yeah, less so. 
I thought it was all right. Um, gorgeous. Gorgeous. I did really like the sort of 70s style riff. For me, Gorgeous has that effect of, I'm a big fan of Dark Fantasy, and I think it's a real big sounding opener. So Gorgeous then has that effect of, it then goes a bit under the radar. Oh, I like Gorgeous. No, I, I like it as a song, but it has that old effect of like, yeah, straight off to the bombacity of that first song. I then... thought that, well, I also thought that the lyrics weren't aggravating. I thought he made some, some I thought he made some salient points. Some salient. Well, 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 this is his song talking about more, you know, what is happening. What, what is happening in America? What is happening? What is happening? Adam? I really, really liked the line about um, Jerome gets more years than Brandon. Yes, that was a good. I thought yeah. that was fucking great. It's such yeah. a lovely little line. And when you when you actually look at the lyrics written down. The lyrics go on for fucking days. This is just almost like a stream of conscious about him talking about the state of racism. Yeah, it's his state of the sorry. nation address, isn't it? It, it is. It really is because you know it's almost in filibustering because he just goes he just goes for it, but over the top of a really sweet riff. Yeah, and I like the treatment he puts on his vocals on this because it almost sounds like he's coming through distorted, as though he's been recorded and it's like a found recording or something, or it's coming for a pirate station. It, like it peaks at points and it sounds like distorted and yeah even though on top of that kind of smooth you know beat overall um i thought the ending was is really quite jarring because you know like the last line is my black balls yeah there's two things it should be like if you're just looking at the meter there should be another two syllables after like my black mm. balls and me would scan Way better. Yeah. It just stops. It's 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 a really sort of jarring. It's clearly a conscious choice, and of course, mm. be, under the current system, I believe he only has two balls. Something two balls. Access to two. Yes. Um, owner operator, but whereas my black balls and me would be three things. But, but you know, it, it's memorable the way he does it. Yeah. No, it is. It's, it's even even it's jarring. It's very interesting. It's like, huh? That, that's how you're finishing that. To about your black ball. That's 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 the end, is it? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll remember. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll turn that to bank. Yeah, I don't. Then it, the song features Raekwon from Wu Tang as well. Um, and again, I'm a fan, but I don't. I could do without him on this song. It kind of doesn't really add anything because so you like him less than Rizzo. Ooh. Is Rizzy your favourite? Well, no, Raekwon's obviously he's a better rapper. Riz is more of the producer. Um, right, well, I think that Raekwon is a better rapper, but honestly, if I had to pick my favourite member of Wu-Tang is Rizzo, I think Rizzo is the best one. He's my favourite one. No, it's probably Ghostface Killer, actually. All right. It's probably Ghostface Killer, but I, I do like Rizzo. Please don't tell Rizzo that I prefer Ghostface Killer. All right, one. That's you, that is. That's you talking to your mum about Wu-Tang. <laughs> Who is your favourite one of Wu-Tang Clan, Mum? Is it, is it ODB? I think it might be ODB. I think ODB is your favourite one, but I like Ghostface Killer, but not a lot more than Rizzo, because I do like Rizzo, but Rizzo is more of a producer. Shut up, Mum. We're always talking about fucking Moody Blues. <laughs> Stop banging on about the question of balance. I want to talk to you about Liquid Swords. Well done for remembering an album. It's the one you gave me. I know, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Raekwon really brings much to it. Um because he just sort of just talks about nothing in particular. He doesn't bring a lot to it because he's not my favourite one. But if it was Ghostface Killer, I think the song would be even better. Thank you, boy. I mean, yeah, that's that's not wrong. Uh, 
Everything he touches is better. Yep. Uh, apparently, Raekwon was initially uninterested in collaborating with Kanye until basically RZA called him and said, this Kanye, he's a good kid. You should come down and meet him. Also, he's spending absolutely millions on him. <laughs> hey, breakfast is on Kanye. Why wouldn't you? We'll shoot some hopes. We'll have a good time. Yeah, Raekwon said he went down to Hawaii to offer Kanye advice on, on matters of what I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll, co- I'll come to this fabulously appointed studio in Hawaii and hang out for three weeks. Just three weeks. I'm just going to offer him some advice, though. And then apparently they managed to twist his arm. Uh, yeah. So he so, flew yeah, down oh. there and said, look, Kanye, I'm telling you, it's extra faff, but you do want to separate your whites and your colours. They'll both last longer, and you'll thank me for it in the long run. Huh? Yep. God bless. Put the whites through biological on a hotter cycle. You're welcome. Ignore all this 30 degrees nonsense. Keep no. it 40. Keep it at 40 for whites, Kanye. You're welcome. Get, get, that, get those muddy stains off the bottom of your white socks. Gotta be 40. Bit of stain relief first, then pop them in. You know the rest. Ray Any- you quite seriously. Anyway, I'll be at the pool. You're welcome. He's got a lovely voice, hasn't he, Ray? Well, it does. Quite a- absolutely does, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bluesy riff is derived by an Enoch Light cover of You Showed Me by the Turtles. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I do like that um, there's a line Kanye does have in it where he says, you're blowing up, that's good, fantastic. I quite like that because it's just him being really offhand and passive aggressive. Basically <laughs> saying, yeah, you're doing really well. That's great. Well done. Brilliant. What do you want from me? Oh, he also mentioned South Park in this song. Is he? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, he says, choke a South Park writer with a fish stick. <laughs> yes, because there's a famous uh, South, yeah. well, there's a South Park episode where Kanye West in the show famously doesn't get a joke about... What, what is it again? It's like, do you like fish sticks? Yes, you're a gay fish. I don't get it. <laughs> and basically the episode is... It's just Kanye West not getting the joke and him getting mad at everyone that he doesn't get the joke. <laughs> and he starts killing people. Because <laughs> he just thinks people are calling him a gay fish. And then at the end of the episode, he, he accepts his gay fishness and he says, I'm a motherfucking gay fish. And he just starts swimming in the ocean singing, I'm a gay fish. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. It's good stuff. So apparently he was slightly upset by the episode. He found it funny, but still took it to Haas a little bit. That means he did not find it funny. <laughs> yeah, I think he went. <laughs> <"Woo-hoo!"> <laughs> <laughs> Why is it funny? Why is that funny? I'm not a gay fish. I get it. Is that the joke that I actually think I'm a fish? Why is that I... funny? Because it's not Cause... funny. If I'm, if I'm not a gay fish, it's not funny. Hey, hey, hey. I ain't got girls. Yep, I like gorgeous. Yeah, like you say, it's a state of the nation, even down to mentioning I didn't care for that South Park joke about me. Yeah. Uh, and I said that, that line as well, as you're saying, face it, drone, get more time than Brandon. Good, it's good stuff. That is good stuff. I, 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 thought, I thought gorgeous was good. They, re, they rewrite good. history I, I don't believe in yesterday. And what's a black beetle anyway? A fucking roach. Yeah, that was great as well. Yeah, there's some, there's some good lines in this. Yeah, he's got a lovely turn of phrase in this song. Yeah, it's 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 showing Kanye as a, a strong writer. 
Uh, right, skipping ahead then. Oh, no, the other thing I forgot to mention on some power facts. Because um, you were mentioning earlier about Greg Lake getting his residuals. Uh, so going the back fingers, to... The finger thing means the, money. The finger thing means money. Oh, the taxes, the taxes. So uh, Greg Lake said he's a big fan of the sampling power. Uh, and he, I bet um, he is. Yeah, because it, it brought out more relevancy in the original song. And in 2012, when he, he was doing his solo tour, he would actually start the show by playing power and then bring it right back down by playing his version of the song. Oh, a li- little less bombastic than power. L- less bombastic. 21st century schizoid man is, is an orgy of bombast. Yeah, but I imagine Greg Lake in 2012 is doing the full oh, gun, guns version of it. Absolutely not. Greg He's Lake. Do- He's Before doing he his... died, Greg Lake had an equator rather than a waist. Yes, he's just going, he was a very, very big man. He's just doing, you know, I imagine it would have been acoustic as well. So, and <sighs> oh, I'm going to do Lucky Man eighteen times, <laughs> and then and then, and then, and then <laughs> I believe in Father Christmas. It's July. I believe in Father Christmas. Uh, the Kanye one, I haven't really got a lot to do there. Younger me is really doing most of the heavy lifting. Uh, quick 21st century, lucky man, believe in Father Christmas. And then we all have Christmas dinner. <laughs> everybody knows a Greg Lake show culminates in a full Christmas lunch. <laughs> everybody at the auditorium. Is that why this is a pre-midday show, Greg? <laughs> Yes, yes, it, oh, yes, quite it also, also means let's time front, let that go down a nice lap, and then seconds in the evening. Greg, it's just I've got a sitter. And the, <laughs> I already actually put three hours on the car park because I, I didn't think we'd be here that long. Oh, can't rush Christmas lunch. <laughs> here, pull the cracker, put the crown on. What's the joke? Don't and, skimp on the Christmas dinner. I must say, why are you wearing shorts to Christmas lunch? <laughs> because, well, I thought I was coming to watch <laughs> Greg Lake perform a matinee. Oh, no, no, no. Greg, are you not warming that snowman jumper and your massive girth? Oh, surprisingly not. The old circulation isn't what it was. Now, I know what you're thinking. The answer's yes. All the trimmings. <laughs> But no, sadly, Robert Fripp will not be making an appearance. So, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> and for our American cousins, yams. <laughs> Whatever they may be. Lots and lots of yams. What a lucky man. <laughs> he was. Greg, are you sure you're going to make all 70 dates for this tour? Look, after a while, I'm just going to sing bits and pieces and then we'll all go to bed. (laughs) That's the Dave Clark vibe. Oh, Dave doesn't mind. (laughs) I've had him over for Christmas lunch. (laughs) Yesterday. So, before we get to all of the lights, there's a little interlude that I think is purely there to make the song even more pompous. Sorry, I'm just thinking about Greg Lake. (laughs) 
Oh. I'd rather not now. Oh, Christmas. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, it's funny. All of the lights. Yeah. So, the, sorry, you said there was an interlude. There's an interlude. It's track four before the song kicks off proper. It's just strings and Elton John playing a piano. Oh, which I'm sure it's. You've got yes. to remember, I've been streaming this. So yeah, it comes up on streaming, saying all of the lights interlude. Oh, never noticed. <laughs> thought it was so just you can one... skip that if you want. Big old song. Uh, no, because yeah. I, thought, I thought the interlude was wonderful. I think there's a really beautiful bit of cello in it. You yeah, must like it. You love a string section. Oh, I do. I do. It's nice. But yeah, I think, I think they've included it as a separate track purely so some purist hip-hop or pop fans can just go, don't like that, skip. Well, they're missing out on some sumptuous cello. Oh, as, I'm sure, as I'm sure they're aware. Craig Lake would love it as part of his setup. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Really yeah. helps. Really helps the post in a wine go down. Ooh. Anybody like a Calvados? It's <laughs> like brandy. It's lapels. Ah, so all of the lines. We do have cauliflower cheese. Some people will tell you it's not a Christmas staple <laughs> in, the, in the lake house. We which say my house, yeah, which is naturally by a lake. We say the hell with it. <laughs> Ironically, say, why Ironically, the bloody hell not? Strangely enough, it's by an inlet. <laughs> I suggested changing my name, but my manager said something <laughs> about branding. I had already said brandy, but uh, that's just <laughs> the butter for the pudding. <laughs> Which will be served approximately five o'clock. Five o'clock? Great, it's ten now! How long is this gig going on for? <laughs> well, we stopped for Doctor Who, obviously. <laughs> ah, so yes, All the Lights interludes goes into All of the Lights. All of the Lights. So, do you want to know who this song features? No, what I want to know, I mean I do, but I don't want to know yet. What I want to know is, so I couldn't, I couldn't really work out the song. Hmm. I thought it's definitely an earworm. It's, it's remarkably, I, I couldn't get it out of my head. I wasn't necessarily happy about it being there, but I couldn't get it out. <laughs> get of out of there. Um, is there redemption at the end, in your opinion? No. Yeah, I couldn't work out, like. The certainly the protagonist, yes. Guy Incognito. Yeah, is, Guy Incognito is, is, is a shit. Yeah, and, and then and... I couldn't work out if he's trying to save his daughter from, you know, the Ghetto University. Yes, I mean that's that's sort of because Ghetto University was the original title of the song, right? Um, All of the lights is a better title. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and that's Rihanna, I think. Yeah, she's the main vocal on it um, well, apparently he's now a billionaire she is yeah yeah amazing all i really know about her is the umbrella song <laughs> and she was in that film with all the big robots she she made a mint selling umbrellas <laughs> so yeah so i mean kanye's lyrics are i slapped my girl she called the feds i mean you usually start with your local police she didn't call the feds she she called the feds i, I wouldn't go straight to the feds They'd probably say, have you taken this up with your local constabulary first? Say, this does seem like a regional issue. Um, Madam, um, I mean, you should, obviously you should report it. Good God, are you all right? But yeah, I mean, we deal um, more with terrorism. We um, don't 
pretend drug deals involve ourselves in these this level of dispute have you contacted your sheriff <laughs> the local beadle <laughs> perhaps a magistrate <laughs> summon a magistrate summon a magistrate yeah. they dispense a thousand years of justice <laughs> I, so i slapped my girl she called the beadle oh she, she summoned the beadle <laughs> I slapped my girl. She summoned the beetle. <laughs> uh, but I, I but did then, that... It does tie up because then he pays the fine to the beetle. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Oh. And the beetle, to be honest with you, had a boy for sale at the same time. <laughs> so it all worked out in the end. And he was well, a busy man. So in a short space of time, in this one verse, he slaps his his girl... She makes a right to do of it, calling the feds. But they have to really? run it back. So they, they de-escalate. They de-escalate it to a more local affair. Um, then he goes away to jail. Then he Originally, comes out. She summoned the CIA. That was. <laughs> they have no powers on no. on soil, U.S. soil. She got short shrift calling them. The feds were much more, you know, congenial. She called uh, so Interpol. So he comes back. He's almost back at his house. Then he realizes there's another fella there. So he has to take him to get a university. I mean, that could mean not not unreasonably. If not you're, I mean, if he's, I imagine he's been incarcerated. Oh, no, exactly. He's 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 gone away because she's called... been away for because frankly, she's got no sense of proportion. But, <laughs> but eventually, when, when they got there, it's been restored. He's been they... sent to prison. She's taken up with somebody that probably doesn't slap her about. Yeah, so the night the beetle came round, they they had a glass of wine. Which he was the told other her, working title. <laughs> Ghetto University, all of the lights, or the night the beetle came to town. <laughs> they, to tear they, old Yeezy down. They share a glass of Malbec. You know, it turns into a bottle, turns into an evening. And then she said, I'm glad I didn't call Interpol. I'm glad I called you my beetle. Thank you, beetle. <laughs> now, you're, now you're quite, you're quite right to summon me. Now, I mean, I've just come straight from an orphanage where a young man asked for more. So now, in the second verse, he's, he's got a restraining order. He can't see his daughter. Yep. Her mother, brother, grandmother hate me in that order. Public visitations. They met at borders. Told her she'd take me back, and she, he'll be more supportive. Um, then the court oh, starts him dry. Spend that bread. She need a daddy, baby, please. Can't let her grow up at university. Get her university. And then it gets to unemployment line, credit card decline. Did I not mention I was about to lose my mind, mind? And was also about to do that line. Yeah. So <coughs> basically, it's a tale of an abusive partner, goes away and does some time, comes back. He's still a bit abusive. And then the the partner decides to take him back for the benefit of the young daughter. And then it leads to a life of being poor. But it's all done in the most grandiose way with the most stellar lineup for a pop song ever. So you've got featured artists on this. You've got Drake, John Legend, The Dream, Alicia Keys, Fergie, Kid Cudi, Elton John, uh, Charlie Wilson, Tony Williams, LaRue uh, and Rihanna and a few other guys. You aren't that famous. But oh, those poor men. Oh, right. Okay. Ryan Ryan Leslie. Ken, <coughs> Ken Lewis. Wait, and wait, wait, wait. Give him a bit more of a hard sell. Ryan Leslie? 
Mm. Ken Lewis. All right. Alvin Fields. And presumably Harry Seacombe as the Beatle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's preposterous the amount of people involved in this. And a lot of them you can't even really hear in the mix. Like most of that lot are just doing the, like, harmonies. Well, I certainly had no idea that Elton John was in it. Oh, you can, you can hear Elton on it. I can. Uh, so, so in the outro, the and whole... this, although this is uh, what eleven years ago, so presumably his voice hasn't morphed yet into what it yeah, is well, now. His is his sequence. Him and Alicia Keys are basically doing the outro part, which is the whoa 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 whoa. I tried to tell you, but all I could say was no. Oh. that's that's Elton singing the. I tried Elton's to tell you, but yeah, and it's Elton playing the piano. Is it another one of those? Uh, Stories where, you know, like the Paul McCartney thing where loads of children online had absolutely no idea who the old white man was. <laughs> was he a competition winner or something? No, you ignorant child. <laughs> love, but the, the, the tweet I saw, if it's genuine, was just, this is, this is why I love Kanye. Shining a light on unknown artists. <laughs> Bless your heart, child. You ignorant fuck. Put the iPad down. <laughs> it's not a Kanye track anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think I think people know who Elton is. And... Oh, I was just McCartney. Yeah, I mean, Elton John seems to just yes, pop up in media, in media more than, and of course, oh. Romeo and Juliet. Yes, Jesus. that's the thing too. I've, I've not watched it. Um, yeah, bizarrely though, the song has still only got to number eighteen in the charts. It did win a Grammy for best rap song and best rap song collaboration. Right. And there was a video made for it, which uh, had to be heavily edited and was taken down from YouTube because it caused seizures. Brilliant. Yeah. Like well, those robots in the Simpsons episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, they, well they, I think they're literally called seizure robots. Seizure robots. <laughs> <laughs> you get what you get. It's, it's not my subtle joke they've ever done with the Simpsons. Uh, yeah. Ellie Jackson, who is LaRue, said... Uh, he, he just got me in there to layer up all these vocals with other people. And he basically wanted us to uh, use his favorite vocalist from around the world just to basically be honest. So this really is just him flexing his, I'll just get these people in to basically bury them in a mix muscle. Yes, apparently from beginning to end, the song took two years to complete. Fucking which, hell. Which I can believe because it's fucking everything. I mean, this song even has French horns on it. That's just, uh, yo, that's decadent. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, just I love the, the drum machines on this. I think Rihanna sounds great on it, and I love the Alicia Keys outro. But whoa, 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 whoa! I don't like the Fergie bit in the minute in the middle because Fergie is the one who's doing the um, unemployment line. Unemployment line, credit card declines. Uh, shut up, Fergie! Oh, and then I'm about to do that line. Yeah, yeah. Line, I didn't. Line, line. I didn't like that bit either. I thought that was Rihanna again. No, that's Fergie. But just. Treated, and then you you can hear Drake for a moment doing the whole "We're going all the way this time." I don't care for Drake at all. I don't like his voice. I don't really know who he is. Um, oh, I'm Drake, and I sound like this. Oh, yeah, I'm. I've I've played this song for people, and they fucking hated it. They think it's really um, shockingly. One of those people was our friend Stoz, uh, mm. who who at that point I think wanted to throw a beer can at my head. Yeah, I, mean, I liked all of the lights, but again, it was living rent-free in, in the old head uh, mm. in, in a way that I didn't care for because I couldn't remember the rest of the song. So it was just, 
all of the lights, that bit. All of the lights, yeah. all of the lights. You can just hear him slapping the drum beat. Yeah, and then just Phoenix. Just... Oh, she's just, just dancing. <laughs> dancing like a dervish. <laughs> yeah, um, NME said, in anyone else's hands, it'd be an A-list circle jerk of horrid proportions. But through Kanye's bar-raising vision, it becomes a truly wondrous thing. Yeah. It was Slant Magazine's best single of 2011. Well, the good people at Slant Magazine. The good old people. So, which moves us on to Monster. Uh, ah, shoot the lights out. Ah, till it's bright out. I can't decide about Monster. I love some of it. Excuse me. I thought some of it is brilliant, and some of it is just hollow boasting again. Yes, it is. It is, it is those things. Yeah. The, the first guy's voice is great. Then, I mean, the the, the sound of Jay Z's voice is great. I think Nicki Minaj's bit is brilliant. Yeah. Um. I don't love Jay-Z on this. People really hold his verse up on this. I think it's a bit s- silly because he's just I don't, I don't, naming monsters. I, I don't really like what he says. Yeah. I just Love like... Ness. Ooh, he's got... Yes, you get the theme of the song. It's yeah, yeah. Show. Werewolf bar mitzvah. Very good. But... <laughs> Spooky scary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he also has the, the bit where he goes, Love! I don't get enough. Ooh, ooh no one likes that delivery. Yeah. Oh, I liked it. I am not a big fan of that. Because that... Yeah. I thought Love I Don't Get Enough of It again was like quite quite a self-aware lyric and then it is just became yeah, well, he's, he's, more, talk, he's talking about really annoying about how he made other about, people millionaires but there is yeah, the line about um, what's better is it to be underappreciated or underpaid something like oh, that. That, that that's in the next track that's so important oh I beg your pardon yeah, uh, no, no, which we'll come to, which is a better verse. But yeah, I mean, on the on Monster, Jay Z is talking about all the people he's made rich around him, and then that higher up figure. And like I say, you say I like the sentiment of the line, "Love, I don't get enough of it," um, from all the, the, the fucking pretenders around him. Uh, I'll tell uh, you the line I really hated: mm. uh, the bit about um, a pharaoh and <laughs> I put that pussy in sarcophagus. Yeah. But how many hip hop songs mention the word sarcophagus? Well how many how many how many pop songs or beat combos employ the word sarcophagus? Obviously. You, I mean, obviously you, not enough. You don't hear it in bits and pieces, that's a certain <laughs> That's true, you don't. Um You also at no point in and um, I haven't listened to all of it, but yet nevertheless I am a hundred percent confident that at no point in any of the Dave Clark vibes do you hear the word pussy. <laughs> Probably not. I, I do love Kanye's last line on his thing, uh, on his verse, because I use it in my real life now. It's just his, About um, how you bruised her esophagus. Yeah, no, my presence is a present, kiss my ass. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I say when I turn it to a kid's birthday party. My presence is a present. I am a gift for you. For you. Well, an hour of my time. <laughs> oh, here's another line you'll like. Head of a class and she just won a swallowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now she's she claiming I brought out esophagus. 
yeah, he's being like, very vulgar in this. There's like a twelve line segment where you think, ugh. I mean, yeah. he's being he's being quite monstrous with his lyrics. He's being very vulgar. The only problem is it going. It, wor- it works in the context of Monster. Unfortunately, Kanye kept doing these kind of lyrics on other songs. Yeah. So it's just oh, that's just that's just how Kanye West talk. That's what he talks about these days. Because like I say, he does. He's done other songs that are just as filthy as this, and there's not really a monstrous theme to it. No, they're just songs about him grabbing ass. No, I mean he's he's pretty straight up about the fact that he's not nice. Yeah, yeah. The titular monster. <laughs> yeah, Jay Z opening lyrics are literally Sasquatch, Godzilla, King Kong, Loch Ness, Goblin, Ghoul, a zombie of no conscience. Question: What do these have all in common? The monsters, Jay Z. I mean, <laughs> god damn it, that's lazy writing. <laughs> Just list some monsters. Oh god damn it! But what this song does have is the Ace in the Hole, which is the Nicki Minaj verse, which is. Genuinely held up as one of the greatest hip hop verses ever. It's brilliant. Yeah, and at this point, I I knew of Nicki Minaj. I'd never heard her when I first heard this, and her I was voice just... is elastic. Yeah, pull up in a monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. Yeah, and she's just because she sounds sarcastic and playful at times, but then yeah. um, that whole like a monster do bit is like a monster do. I'm a fucking monster. And she's doing a, she's doing like a little baby doll voice and then doing yeah, yeah. a growly voice. If that's what she sounds like, I'd like to hear more from her. No, unfortunately, she doesn't. That's a shame. Yeah. It's also Cause... a shame that she's still alive. <laughs> so you can't listen to her for so a while. So I can't listen to her, no. Um, I mean, it, she either needs to have a bit of a breakdown or die. So, so she did like a few different versions of the verse doing those different voices. And essentially, they just chopped them up. And well, they've made her sound like an absolute genius, yeah. Because apparently, she wasn't very happy that um, she thought the parts where she's doing the more growly voice were over the top and a bit too much. Bollocks, and, they're brilliant. And, and she wanted them taken out, so she was actually yeah. a little unhappy that they kept those in initially. But Nikki, it makes it, Nikki, Nikki, allow me to be the first to tell you, you are the crown jewel of this record. That verse is superb. Bit of a shame about track one. I'm going to say that you were led astray by a bigger boy. Yeah. I.e. Kanye slash Guy Incognito. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of, even though people give Jay-Z's verse praise, even though I think it's pretty crap, yeah, it's it's widely considered she just walks away with the track. It's like well, he's, and... he's got a great voice, Jay-Z. He's got, he's got enormous gravitas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the fact that you got Bon Iver kind of doing the outro part, the whole I cross the line, I let God decide. Yeah, no, I, I quite like Monster. Again, I don't really like the whole just leave the ladies alone, please. Yeah, the, when the video came out for it, it was heavily criticised for being quite misogynistic because it shows yeah. Kanye surrounded by lots of dead females. Some of them... It's a weird one though, because it got criticised because some of the, some of the ladies are white women, and some commentators mm. said, "Oh, you know, if it was a white guy surrounded by black women, people would be up in arms." And it's one of those arguments which, like, would they, or is it just you, Mister White Man, are taking offence at this for some yeah, reason? Yeah, Mister White Man projecting quite heavily. That yeah. said, 
he does talk at length about white women. Yeah. He, do, he does mention white women. And, and white bitches, I believe. But, but you know, he, he then went on to marry a white woman. Did he? Who, Kim, Kim Kardashian is white. I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to make any further comments on the appearance or look or anything else Kim Kardashian's done because I honestly couldn't give a shit. When did he find, when did he marry her? They met, well, they married. Uh, <laughs> married. They were together a few years and then married. But uh, around this time of recording, uh, he was starting to lust after her. So I, I will come back to that because it heavily involves all of the tracks. Yes, I, I quite like the fact that, you know, Kanye West gave Justin Vernon from Bon Iver a shout because he wanted to sample one of his tracks for uh, Lost in the Woods later on the album. And he just invited him down to the studio and said, do you want us to come down and we'll fuck around the studio? And apparently they ended up recording like 10 songs. Ah. Yeah, and uh, you know, a bit of a, a mutual appreciation. And they still work together as well, even now. A couple of years ago, they featured on a track together. Um, what I do like as well is, you know, this is pretty much a relatively clear cut hip hop song as well. It's kind of got the old style uh, posse cut sort of, you know, vibe to it. It's a pretty strong, just propulsive beat throughout. Doesn't really change up much apart from the outro sequence. It's just that bow, 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 bow. And the drum beats are just fucking brutal. Mm. It's a long, it's a, it's a good six minute song as well. Well, yeah, but... It's, but it is all about Nicki Minaj. I'm a motherfucking monster. Yeah, Enemies, fifth, number 53 of the 150 best tracks of the past 15 years. Hmm. Well, it is very good. Hmm. Yeah, no, I like Monster. Good, good. I like, I find it weird that in the middle of this album, you've got these two tracks then back to back, Monster and So Appalled, which are basically two quite long, for hip hop songs, six, seven minute posse cuts where he's got a right. load of rap not doing yeah, so posse cuts means presumably lots of people are on it there are many folk on the track rapping away uh, just doing all that rapping uh yeah and musically whereas some of the other songs like power dark fantasy have gone all over the shop you know peaks and troughs quiet modes these songs are very much just propulsive here's the beat it's just going to carry on like this this yeah. is just a straight up hip-hop song uh yeah and so appalled i'd say is one of my absolute favorites doesn't like women again no no um again another good uh, sample uh it's from manfred mann uh, yeah uh oh, fuck where did i write down yeah manfred mann's you are i am which is on the angel station album how does that bit go uh that's the actually it's most it's most of the sample in the background minus the drums it's the it's, it's pretty much the whole sample yeah so it's and do you think that's rick ross that's doing the one hand in the air if you don't really know that's that's swiss beats who is uh mr alicia keys it's like that sometime i mean ridiculous, ridiculous. yeah and I, I like it the fact at the end you get um rizza doing the whole um it's quite nice to hear the word ridiculous, though. It's, it yeah, just seems, it seems like a really, It's quite a, an odd word for this context. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're all apoplectic about it. They all know how absurd it all is. <laughs> uh, 
They're appalled. They're, they're so appalled. It's like that sometimes. I mean, confounded. <laughs> yeah, I, I like... Um, I do like Kanye's verse on it. He, he starts off with, with, I'm so appalled, spalding ball, balding double Donald Trump taking dollars from y'all. Baby, you're fired, your girlfriend hired, but if you don't mind, I'll get to keep you on call. Yeah. And then he got, I'm I trying to remember, where, where was Don, what was Donald Trump doing in 2010? He was just the apprentice guy at this point. Right. That was his main thing. Uh, I don't think but, they would have crossed Pravs yet. So there wasn't even a, a glimmer of... Mm. of everything that followed no well at this point it may have been something about the bertha movement but not, i can't quite remember yeah I've, I've always really enjoyed probably my some of my favorite kanye lines is where he says um the day they play me will be the same day mtv played videos that was a little joke voila praises due to the most high allah praises due to the most fly prada baby i magic tada yeah that is quite good it's just fun. It's just like none of it really makes sense. It's just all very surface level. But it's just I just like he's having fun with that bit. I enjoyed five star dishes, different exotic fishes. <laughs> this they talk about fancy fish quite a lot. Hey, like fancy fish. He really it's, likes it's, it. It's a sign of great wealth. Honestly, I was I pretty much liked most of it until it all gets a little bit. You know, all about bloody bitches again. Are you are you, are you talking about Rizza's bit at the end where Champagne you know, wishes thirty white bitches? Uh, yeah, uh, you know this shit is fucking ridiculous. Um, cars for the misses and furs for the mistress. You I didn't know, really care for a half a million twenties like a billion where I'm from either. Mm. I don't know. I don't know why. An arrogant yeah. drug dealer, the legend I become. CNN said I'd be dead by twenty one. That's quite good. Oh yeah, no, that's that's pretty bleak. Yeah, oh, yeah, bleak as s. Yeah, yeah. I I always really enjoyed Jay Z's verse on this as well because it basically inadvertently started a uh, a war of words with MC Hammer, <laughs> which no one which no one was expecting in 2010. Where what what? Uh, Oh, yeah, he says, um, I lost 30 mil, so I spent another 30, because unlike Hammer, 30 million can't hurt me. That's quite good, yeah. Because, uh, you know, MC Hammer went bankrupt. Um, so it got to the whole point where MC Hammer made a whole diss track and did a video with Jay-Z basically running away in the forest from the devil, because MC Hammer went full-blown into the whole Jay-Z's part of the Illuminati conspiracy theory. Christ, and, and when And when Jay-Z was asked about this, he said... My apologies. I didn't realise his heavily publicised bankruptcy was off the table. <laughs> Just left it at that. <laughs> oh, that's superb. Yeah, it's just like, I'm not even going to respond lyrically. It's just like, I think Hammer's suffered enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I just made a little joke about him. I, 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 yeah, I've, no, said, I've no desire to kick a man when he's down even further. He basically said, yeah, he meant no actual disrespect. He was just equating just like... MC Hammer, it's a matter of record. He went bankrupt. I was just making a joke about how I don't go bankrupt. It wasn't yeah. a personal slight against him. Just use his name. He went bankrupt because he didn't ask for permission to use the sample and then spent too much of his money. Really so MC Hammer just went full blow. With God on my side, you lizard man, I will destroy you. <laughs> Ooh, she's going to close the door. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore that one. Pop, pop. 
pop pop that away. Um, yeah, and then you got um, the last verse on it is by Sai Hai the Prince, who, who apparently snuck his verse in because he he did he came down to do some sort of like well basically do some writing for Kanye and stuff, and at some point. He said, oh, why don't you just hang around the studio and just lay some verses down and everything. And apparently after Kanye left the studio one day and they would, had been recording so poorly, he was like, do, do you want, can you just like, let me go in the booth a minute? They, he did this verse and then they just snuck it onto the end of the track. So next time Kanye heard it back, the song just kept, he thought it was supposed to finish with Pusha T's verse and they just kept going and he suddenly saw how the Prince was there. And they're like, oh shit, oh, that's pr- pretty good. Keep it in there. What, cars for the missus and furs for the mistress? No, Sai Hai is the, uh, I'm so outrageous, I wear my pride on my sleeve like a bracelet. If God had an iPod, I'd be on his playlist. My phrase is amazing, the faces and places, the favourite. My cup overrunneth with hundreds, which is a problem I know all about. (laughs) Oh, we've all been there, have we not? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty light affair in terms of, what the song's about. It's just all braggart. It's a braggart song, everyone. But I met this I girl do, on Valentine's Day, it. fucked her in May. She found out about April, so she chose to march. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a heady brew, isn't it? <laughs> Four puns in two lines. Yeah, and in classic form, the beat was originally made for either Jay-Z or uh, P. Diddy, of all people. Yeah, big fan of it. I just, I'd love the sample. And it's one of those songs that even at nearly seven minutes, I just, it has such a hypnotic quality to it. I could just listen to it for hours. The devil. The dress. Yes. <laughs> Again, absolutely love this song. This this is um, potentially my favourite song. Well, interesting, because I would say that this is my thought was this is the most like what I would ex- what I associate hip hop what I expect hip hop songs to sound like it's got like an old soul sample yeah and then and I, there's rapping over it I think when it came out as well just because this initially came out on the Good Fridays only as a two minute sample basically and or that's what I should it, say what I think is a soul sample I don't know what it is it, it, it's, sorry it's, go on. It, it's a Smokey Robinson sample oh there you go then uh, it's uh, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow his version of it um, yeah, and I think this this has the most Kanye throwback sound to it, sampling the, the sped up soul samples. Um, but strangely enough, this is the only song on the album which actually isn't produced by Kanye. It's produced by a guy called Bink. Um, Bink. Bink. Exclamation point. Bink. 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 Uh, yeah, and this is sort of like the connoisseur's choice. Like this is one the song that. Kanye oh, fans love very well. Yes, just <laughs> this is my favorite one. It's the connoisseur's choice. Be the connoisseur's choice. No, but it, it, it's one of those ones that you know, as you always get every you know few months, like oh, a Twitter poll or you know some kind of magazine poll. No, Nick, vote for your favorite Kanye track. This usually is sort of like the unexpected one that comes at the top ten or something. Also, but, favorite uh, favorite overall, not just on the record. Yeah, this usually it comes up quite high in like overall lists and stuff. So you got the usual, like the big singles and stuff, and then this will suddenly be in there as like the you know the outlier. You know. So the song, see, I for me, this song is just so 
lush, warm, big sounding. As soon as that just kicks in, a boom, dee, 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 those descending strings. Like I can literally picture the Cosmos when I hear this song. Wow, I thought it was quite forgetful. I no, I absolutely adore. I, I, this song comes on shuffle. I will listen to it for about an hour, on a, you know, just on repeat. Huh. Uh, she putting on her makeup, she casually allure, text message breakups, the casualty of tour. How she gonna wake up and not love me no more? I thought I was the asshole, I guess it's rubbing off. See, he's talking about himself a bit, he's like saying, oh, I thought I was supposed to be a dickhead here, but no, you're being a prick. And it's got the great line, I ordered her jerk, she said you are what you eat. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> and then you got that, um, in the middle, you've got that. It's a bizarre choice where you've got Kanye's verse, then there's an extended guitar solo by Mike Dean. Then the song kicks back into life and Rick Ross comes in and does a great verse. And bizarrely, Rick Ross, whenever he features on songs, he's always accompanied by a voice saying, Maybach music, for some reason. That's his tag. But because it's Kanye, he gets away without doing it on this. Literally on every song he ever appears on, you hear Maybach music. I mean, it's a bit better than my one, which is giddy up. <laughs> it's my producer tag. It's good, yeah. You know, you know, it's a giddy up track. <laughs> giddy up. Well, that's how we know. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's also, a giddy up joint. Well, it's, it's how you used to announce your presence in pubs. Yeah. Giddy up. <laughs> giddy up. Oh, Mike's it. <laughs> oh great and his horse <laughs> yeah apparently Rick Ross recorded his verse on this one day before the album uh, was sent to the label oh they had one day left to retirement one, one day left to retire also you know how remarkable these days where you can't get a fucking album out of Kanye West to save your life now or you know appreciating deadlines imagine him you know adhering to a deadline Rick Ross, um, we got one day left to get this to the manufacturers. It was a simpler time. It was. You actually had to send this shit to get pressed. Yeah, and I, I, love, I do love Rick Ross's verse as well. Because, um, again, because he has this powerful enforcer sound and his verse is quite um, sort of heartfelt in a way. And I like his? A bit after the guitar solo. So I shed a tear before his night's over. God bless the man I put the size over. Oh! <laughs> Getting Tupac money twice over. Ah, oh, Tupac. All black tucks, shoes lavender. Yes, I thought black tucks with lavender shoes was interesting. Hmm. What's the significance of that? Nobody's just saying I'm wearing a black tuxedo with lavender shoes. Right, so it's not, it's not the East End slang. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's like, Ooh, it's a bit lavender. That it's not like a bit of lavender business. <laughs> no, he's not a bit of lavender. No, no, no. Yeah, so in this, after you've got a song Monster, where it's Rick Ross and Kanye West being the monstrous douchebags, in this song, they're portraying the women as being the monstrous ones because they're being the uh, the heartbreakers here and letting them down. And Yeah. Texting breakups and such like that. Yes. Strange that it's the 
performance felt. Uh, yeah, well, it, has, it has to be, Adam. What a change of pace for the album. <laughs> yes. I think there's some um, clever terms of phrase in Kanye's verse, and I like Rick I just, I just found Devil in a New Dress a bit, a bit of nothing. I think it's so... Musically, has so much in there for me. It's such a big I feel, I feel like I've really missed something. It's, it's a headphone song, definitely. Oh, I've only listened to this on headphones. Ah, uh, big Are you headphones? suggesting I should have played this around my daughter? Good God, man. Well, it's got strings in it. Yeah, so Devil in a New Dress gives way to ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I don't like Runaway at all. I really hate it. Wow. I think the chorus... He's so aggravating. <laughs> really? Let's have a toast for the douchebags. Let's have a toast, have for, a the toast for the assholes. Let's have a toast for the scumbags. Oh, I, I completely disagree. I think that's heartbreaking and it really gets me in the feels. Heartbreaking? Yeah. I listened to this song a lot during a breakup and it was the exact song I needed to sing along to. Why? But you're... I mean, which one are you? A douchebag, an asshole, a scumbag, a jerk-off? All of the above. Because how I felt at the time. Well, quite possibly. But you're none of those things. Well, you, you couldn't tell me about it. You couldn't tell me about time. It's a, it's a twat. You're not one of these things. And he's not, he's not suggesting he he, that anybody else... He didn't has, that one. He doesn't have a toast for you. <laughs> exactly. I had, to feel a, included, I had to feel included somehow. Let's have a toast for people that are a bit of a twat. <laughs> Um, yes, you're you're not in the list. Also, you haven't done anything wrong during that breakup. <laughs> you, you were the wronged party. <laughs> you're misdirecting your wrath. So I shouldn't like Runaway then? You absolutely shouldn't, no. <laughs> okay, right. Oh, I've been completely wrong about it. It's easier. Because I, uh, you were toasting <laughs> her. Yeah, right. Ah, I mean, the song opens with a long, lone piano chord. You've been putting up with my shit just way too just long. way too long. No, 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 You put up with her shit. You've got, you've got your own life wrong. <laughs> I sent this bitch a picture of my dick. I don't know what it is with females. Well, stop sending pictures of your dick. Yeah, he, 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 he has a predilection for... Also, around this time... Uh, a dick pic he sent someone got leaked online. I'm not being funny, but if you're Kanye West, the last thing you should be doing is taking pictures of your junk. It will get out there. It will get out there. And it did. It was quite a sad picture. It was just him in a hotel room, literally with sunglasses on, with his dick out going. Oh god, he's put his face in it as well. Oh yeah, the whole pic you can you can easily find it. I mean at least Alan Jones was able to say, No, that's not my junk. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite clear. I mean, Kanye just owned it. Went, yep, mate, my dick out. What are you gonna do? It's literally that's the best thing he could have done at that point, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, it surprises me you, you dislike this song that much. This is considered oh. like the centerpiece of the album. This is a song that critics hold up as like they they roar their approval. This song, they think this is like they think this is. I say they. A lot of critics hold this as like Kanye West's masterpiece. But it's not as good as several of the other songs. <laughs> well, at, at the next convention, do you go up as a keynote so, speaker? But it's not as good as some of the other songs. Sorry, guys, do you not have you not realised? Can we not reconsider so appalled? What a monster! Sure, sure. It's got some questionable content, but all of them do. I think I think people like his kind of openness and sort of fragility on it. Which is, again, you don't get a lot in... I don't think he's being fragile. I think he's letting himself off the hook. Well, he's, he's referring to himself as the scumbag and the douchebag. Yeah, but he's saying, you know, hey, guys, come on. Sure, I'm a scumbag, but let's just have a bloody toast. Well, he's also saying, just, you know, run away from me, baby. Just run away. Oh, come on. Just letting himself off. I mean, it's being self-indulgent. Say, oh no, I'm a terrible bastard, aren't I? Oh, oh aren't I, I everyone? Awful. Oh no, I am you? awful, but oh. you like me. Yeah. Because then, yeah. when Pusha T's verse comes in, he is just an horrible bastard. Which one's that? Well, Pusha T, he's the, the guest rapper on it. I know, but I'm currently reading the lyrics. So where does that come in? <sighs> so Pusha T comes in. So he comes in with the 24-7, 365, pussy stays on my mind. I, 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 I did it. All right. I admit it. Now pick your next move or could leave with, you, you could leave or live with it. Which I liked as a line, which I just murdered. But Ichabod Crane with that motherfucking top off. <laughs> yeah, which I... Bizarrely, the second Sleepy Hollow reference in this album. Yes. Split or, and go where? Presumably they've been listening. Right. They've watched... That had been filmed nice in Hawaii. Yeah, they'd they, they watched on DVD the night before. Hey, so y'all, tonight's motion picture, Sleepy Hollow. Huh? <laughs> Split we and go where? at nine, don't miss it. Split and go where? Back to wearing knockoffs. So I think uh, when they were in the studio, Kanye just said to Pusha T, was just like, basically write this from the point of view of being the worst cunt in the world. Um, just how you mistreat your, your woman. And basically, his, his whole thing is saying, "Yeah, I've cheated on you. What of it? You can either you can either deal with it or leave." Again, Adam, these are characters. These aren't actually. This isn't Pushy T saying this. Not every. It's not real anymore, Adam. I actually feel like I had to say this. To you, but it's, they're not actually all their own thoughts, Adam. Not all hip hop is actually what a person thinks. Then maybe they should have the decency to in the first line say. And currently, my name is Bernard, and this isn't actually me. Yes, so Pusha T is very much in the character in this song. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's an outstanding young man. But oh, I just don't like it. All right, him. Mr. Condescending. I, no, I just, I, honestly, I, I've got no real strong feeling about the verses, but I found the chorus so irritating. I, much in the same way that I find the um, chorus of Creep by Radiohead irritating. Because mm. it's it, like... Is it just because... It, every it, single twat in the world thinks they're unique in feeling... Oh, yeah, like, no, it's... Like they're it, an idiot, and it's just sort of... 
Oh, it's, it's just a bold attempt to curry favour with malcontents. Oh, yeah, it's very blatantly a loser's anthem to be sung along to, but still gets me. It works for me. He got me. And then you, you kind of, in this nine-minute song, a good half of it is just vocoded nonsense at the end. Oh, God, yes, that's very aggravating. Yeah, you just him. He, I think he kind of says something like, I'm gonna be honest, like, meow, meow, and then just all of that, that noise. Yeah, God, that just kept and going. People really read into that. What, 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 what is the meaning of this? Why, why can't we hear what he said? Is it because he's saying he shouldn't talk in the media anymore, so he's just gonna make it inaudible so we can't hear what he's saying? Or is it because we don't care what he's actually saying and we yeah, just want yeah. to hear noise? And it's bollocks, bollocks, pe- bollocks, bollocks. Pe- he's people have gone. People have gone all academia is, on that part. Is he saying we shouldn't be able to... He's not going to talk in the media anymore. On his multi-platinum album, it's like when people claim they, you know, complain that they've been cancelled in their column in a major newspaper. Mm. It's simply... It's so clearly not true. Or well, you know, you have a reading is it's the media's perception of him is just someone who's just mumbling words that don't actually listen to what he says. Things like that. Well, that might be true, but but yeah. Elsewhere on the song, I mean, uh, once the beat actually kicks in, once the piano part at the beginning finishes, and the when the beat actually kicks in, I think that sounds so big, and you've got a descending bass out. Dun, dun, dun. There, there are elements of this song I truly love, but there's other parts of it I'm just I don't like that overlong vocoder bit. I do think the piano intro goes on way too long. And I don't love the Rick James sample of the whole, look at you, look at you, look at you. It just sounds a bit too much. It's almost because I heard originally he didn't have that sample in there. And when he included it, it felt like, you know, sometimes they always say about, you know, a painter, he's got it perfect. And then he threw one too many colour in there. It's ruined it. I kind of felt about that when I heard that sample thrown in. It's like, ah, oh, that's one thing too many you've thrown in there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, ori- that straw has broken this particular camel's back. Yeah, because originally the song was only four minutes long. You didn't have the push a T bit. You didn't have the whole vocoder nonsense at the end. And you didn't have the Rick James sample. And I actually think the single version you originally put out was actually kind of better. Because it was it's just... just that is, it's just unnecessary noise. And I'm not against, like, electronic noise for electronic noise's sake. Like, I mean, on For Your Pleasure, there's a fair whack of that on, on a previous episode in this very podcast. But it, that feels more tasteful. Mm. Right? They, they, I find that, that the noise at the end of this song quite abrasive, but not in a not in an arresting way, just in a, oh, Jesus. This is going on a bit, isn't it? Stop. Get, skip to the end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think doesn't need to be nine and a half minutes this song no some of these songs are terribly long aren't they yeah yes so hell of a life hate it i thought this would be one you'd hate i absolutely hate it i think i just fell in love with a porn star turn the camera on she a born star that not tickle your fancy no i hated it (laughs) i think it sounded like a 13 year old boy had recorded it yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Well, Hell when of it a Life on, is... I skip it. Hell of a Life is essentially... <laughs> the answer to Runaway is him just going, yeah, all well, that shit I was just saying, Runaway, and trying to act the victim. Nah, the cunt. 
Yes, and uh, he really does come across as one. I'm a I'm a bawdy soul who likes actually a lot of pornography and getting down and dirty, and quite explicit. Yeah, and what I do like though is the tempo change where you have all the you know the sweet strings at the end of Runaway, and then when Hell of a Life kicks in, it just sounds a lot scuzzier. Interesting about that. Da 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 da. Dinle, dinle, which I believe is Iron Man by Sabbath. Well, it's really distorted, isn't it? Yes, it is. Unfortunately, years ago, I noticed there's like uh, a clip cloppy sound effect they put on a lot of the like the chorus, especially, and now I can't unhear it. What, like? This... Like Monty Python? Yeah. There's literally, and I don't know why. Why has he put like a clip cloppy horseshoe sound effect in there? And now I've heard it, I can't unhear it. This song needs more clippity clapping. Huh? Uh, Kanye, yes, Mike Dean. Um, we're gonna need some coconuts. Give me go. Well, we are in Hawaii, Mike Dean. We are in Hawaii. Yes, it was apparently inspired by his relationship um, which which broken, we've broken down with model Amber Rose. So um, I, know, I think after the album came out and it was said, oh, do you know that song Hell of a Life is about your uh, relationship with Kanye? I think her opinion, uh, she basically said, yeah, I'd rather he hadn't done that. Yeah. Yeah, rather he hadn't and done a song about I fell in love with a porn star then say, yeah, that's about my ex. Yeah, cheers. The, the porn star. Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Mm, I'm ever so glad. <laughs> I'm ever so glad, though. <laughs> I, am, I am ever so glad. Yeah, it's the only song on the album as well, which is actually just Kanye West vocals on the song. People, again, laud this as a highlight on the album. Because, oh, again, he's being very open about his... I don't care if he's being open. No, but that's what people are lauding it. I agree. I, in this case, I'm like, I don't necessarily want to hear how open you are about how much you fucking like fucking. Yeah, or do anal, or do a gangbang. Yeah. And make a, and make a nun come, that... make a cremate. Oh, God. And that, that verse ends with just bang, 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 bang. Oh, God, and we'll have a mansion and some fly maids. <laughs> Nothing to hide. We both screwed the bridesmaids. <laughs> I just think it's gross. I like the overall vibe of it of being that. I don't, even, song. I don't even consider myself to be particularly a prude. But... <laughs> I, I like the vibe. Can of it, West it just, makes uh, me a yeah, prude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, being scuzzy sounding because yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it fits in with the actual tone of the song. It's gross, mate. I, I quite like it. It's not my favourite, but I do like Hell of a Life. I think it's the worst da, song. To be honest with you, like after sort of Monster and Power, you know, the one word titles, mm. I feel like the rest of the album, just for me, just never, ever reaches those heights again. I mean, yeah, later I on, kind of... Chris Rock is going to be making an appearance, and I'd yes. really rather he didn't. Yes, he does turn up on the next track, Blame Game, which features John Legend and Chris Rock. Completely unwelcome. Yeah, and it, the, the main piano sample off it is from Aphex Twins' uh, Avril 14th, which uh, I remember around the time it became a bit of a, like, I think it was verging on lawsuit, because, um, what's his name, Richard D. James, who's actually Aphex Twin. 
right. was he was sent a version of the song that like, was heavily time stretching his uh, actual original song, and he heard it and was like, you know what, I'll, I'll re-record the song for you, how you want it done, if you want me to do it properly. And they basically came back to him and said, yeah, we were just sending this to you as a courtesy. We don't want you anywhere near this. It's actually Kanye's now. Uh, and to which he kind of responded, well, as you're going to be twats about it, I might just sue you. To which point I went, oh, well, yeah, yeah if you want to re-record it, that'd be great by us. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought so, dickos. So, why are you going to be a dick about it? Why are you going to be a dick about it? Why are you going to be a dick? Yeah, and then he, so he re-recorded the piano part and now he actually gets a credit on it. And supposedly some of the the finger thing means money. Uh, you get that sense, don't you, about the music industry going, yeah, this is Kanye's now. This this enormous Goliath made of cash. Yeah. That just means people behave so appallingly. Mm. People that, crucially, are not Kanye. I've ne- like, I, I like Hell of a Life more than you do. I'm not a big Blame Game fan. I find it quite a boring song. And Don't like Blame it, Game either. No, and um, it's the whole song... At this point, we've got Runaway, we've got Head of a Life, we've got Blame Game, and they're all essentially about relationship breakdowns. Mm. So it's all a bit like, yeah, kind of... We were having fun in the middle. We had some good hip-hop songs. And now we just got this trilogy of like... Eh. Yeah, and yeah, Blame, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like Blame Game seems to just cover off what Runaway did, which is about the breakdown of relationship again. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you've already done this. And I, I actually find the Apex Twin sample a little bit boring after a while. Because it's just quite a simple piano line, and it's just the lyrics are all about thoughts on a past breakup, and I think he's talking about Amber Rose again. And essentially, the whole and then the song ends with an extended comedy bit of him overhearing his ex on over the phone with Chris Rock, who's supposed to be the new, new boyfriend, saying, "Who told you how to you know suck dick like that?" Yeezy taught me, and it's basically just saying like, "Oh yeah." He, Kanye West is an awesome boyfriend. And and Chris Rock just saying, I'm going to have to shake this man's hand because he taught you so well how to yeah, be an amazing girlfriend. The woman... Is almost in a robotic voice. Yeah, but also sounds like, like a child. Like somebody would know really about me. Yeezy taught me. She has no like emotion in her voice. No actual character. It's just this... Yeah, it's a strange choice to just... And then, when, yes. and, and uh, also, it is literally about um, possessions and sex. Yeah. And was Cause, it like because um, is that those, those are the most important things? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It it goes on a long time. The Chris Rock bit. Doesn't it though? Yeah. And again, the song's like seven minutes, and only about three minutes of it's actually Kanye. You got another three minutes is just Chris Rock doing this bit, which you can listen to once, but if you're going to listen to it over and over again. It doesn't work because like, I'm not going to listen to this comedy bit each time I listen to the album. Yeah, because well, it starts off not funny and then every time you listen to it, it gets progressively less amusing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Chris Rock bits received mixed reviews over the years. So le- less gar- garlanded than uh, M- Nicki Minaj. Well, that suggests that it had some positive feedback. I think some people generally do find it funny. Teenage boys. Maybe. Yeah. And real Chris Hard Chris Rock diehards. Oh, Chris Rock completists. Yeah. 
Yeah, for, for me, Blame Game is actually probably the only song on the album which I don't actually really like. I can completely skip. Yeah. Unlike yeah. the last track, Lost in the World, featuring Bonnevere, which I think is a jam. Struggling to remember it, to be honest. How could it's just tribal drums? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, uh. I'm up in the woods. I'm down on my mind. So it's oh, built. Yes. It's built around Bonnevere's woods. And comment number one by Bill Gil Scott Heron and Soul Makassa by Manu Jibango. Uh, so, and there's only like a quick verse in it by Kanye, which is actually a poem he wrote for Kim Kardashian. Ah. When she was still married to her ex, and Ooh. he was infatuated with her, and he basically wrote her a poem, and that's the lyrics to the song. Um, which, uh, you're my, you're my devil. devil, you're my angel. Yeah, I was just thinking, which bits here sound like they're a shit poem? The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you're my is. heaven, you're my hell, you're my now, you're my forever, you're my freedom, you're my jail, you're my lies, you're my truth. You're my war, you're my truce, you're my questions, you're my proof. You're my stress and you're my masseuse. And it goes on like this. Mm. You're my stress and you're my masseuse. Uh, it's it, it, it's less less impressive, isn't it? It's slightly more mundane line. And then, and then the after you're my masseuse, mama say, mama sa, mama makusa. Unless you're actually in the room doing the Michael Jackson uh, wannabe starting something, it doesn't really make sense on the page. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just... I, Lost in the World sounds so just energetic and big and just the tribal drums he brings in. And I love how quietly it starts out. Like, in three minutes, this song does so much more than Blaine Game does in seven and a half minutes. It starts off so timid and quiet with Bon Iver's voice. And then by the end, it's just like world-beating, drums, screeching, hollering, Gil Scott Heron sampling of just like him just powering through. Uh, I think what's happened here is that I've been battered into submission by this point in the record by a trio of songs that I don't really like. Mm. So by the time this one rocks around, I've, I think my mind has wandered. It's a shame because I generally finish as a strong song. I'm sure. Maybe I'll give it another blast. I don't think, oh, I'll, yeah, be, I think, I don't think I'll be deleting the entire album, for example. Good I think I'll be, I will be deleting some of it. Good God, and not a moment too soon. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I'll give this one another spin. But oh, I, I implore you! Just to. come hot on the heels of songs that made me cross. <laughs> yeah, bizarrely, um, West did actually perform this at Gil Scott Heron's funeral, and also the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade. Great, yeah. I mean, how how many songs can you say that about? <laughs> not a lot. Just that and wigwam bam, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so he did one of his own songs at Gil Scott Heron's funeral. Gil Scott Heron was a fan. Good. He, 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 he could have done one of Gil Scott Heron's, though, couldn't he? Uh, on his last album, Gil Scott Heron actually sampled a Kanye song on interludes that he vended poetry over. So it was a mutual thing. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah. and I like the fact that it, the it does sound like an album closer as well. I I like that the album is so bleak lyrically, talking about you know 
yes, we've had three songs all about breakup, dirty sex songs, songs about, you know, how his life has just become meaningless. He's entrapped by all this. And then there's actually, even though it's the song, lyrically, this song is so trite, but there's actually a glimmer of hope in there. And it's actually, he's, he's now seen his new his new goal he's seen his new thing he wants to reach for and that's actually what he's ending on it's actually an element of hope lyrically even though you then got the gil scott heron samples shouting about who will survive in america yep so and uh even when they're in the the, um the production booth um west called this his festival closer of the track all right fair enough yeah it does feel like a crescendo to the whole thing i think it's a great song and then the last song you do get, technically, is Who Will Survive in America, which is just a full sample of Gil Scott Heron with yeah. bongos. Yep, that's how the album finishes. If you got the bonus version, which I didn't for the longest time, so um, there is another track called... I can't remember it because I don't listen to it at all. Um, I was going to say the rules are that we do the... I know, well... Officially, it was on the album. It's called See Me Now, featuring Beyonce, Big Sean and Charlie Wilson. I mean, I've never heard it. It's not the version I've listened to. Yeah, it's on all the digital versions I've found. But I I listened to the CD of this when it first came out. I now have the vinyl of it. It's not neither of them. And when I did listen to it, it's really bland and shit and has no place on the album. So that's a shame, isn't it? Shan't shan't be talking about it. Just thought I mentioned it. So... Uh, are we keeping My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West at the listening party? I mean, you can. I'm not bothered. Oh, go on. Uh, I'm not not bothered. I mean, why don't we just keep two songs and then let the rest of them go? I want to keep more than that. I want to keep Dark Fantasy, All of the Lights, Monster, Soul Pool, Devil in a New Dress, Runaway and Lost in the World. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances, uh, you can keep power, monster, move on. Right. When you go for a bathroom break, we'll put this on. When I go, we'll put Kevin Ayers on. Deal. Right, there you go. Shake my, <laughs> shake my hand, you bastard. Um, I can't, I would say probably it's power or monster for me are the two best ones. The single word ones. There's the there's something really kind of attractive about just that many, the fertility of those ideas. There's, there's such a lot happening in the songs mm. and they don't totally descend into whinging. <laughs> Which certainly side two does. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, my favourite is Devil in a New Dress. Just Which I think is absolutely extraordinary. But go on, fair yep. enough. Yep. Well, go back and listen to it, man. There's much to enjoy on it. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I can listen to that song forever. I love it. Um, I could I like I could live without Blame Game. Yeah, yeah. Of you could. Everybody could. From, could. from day one of this, listening to this album, it's not even a song I've kind of grown out of over time. I've never been a big playing game fans always been my sacrificial lamb from day one I've listened to this album it's just some of them some of them just sound childish mm. playing game is one of those yeah so all right well I'm, I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed some of this 
I know I did. I really did. I I thought some of it was quite. It, it made an interesting change of pace, obviously, to spend this much time living with a hip hop record. Mm. Um, and it has it's challenged some of my feelings about that genre. Good. I still can't say that I like it. It was it was still a bit of a sometimes it was still a bit of a struggle to think, oh, God, I've really got to listen to that again. Mm. There's so many things I'd like to put on, but I just I've, I've got to try and I did, you know, and I well I, done. I came away with bits of it that I thought were really good. And also with a slight fascination for Nicki Minaj, which I'm probably not going to pursue based on what you've just said. Well, she's is, alive. Um, it's not as good as this one no, little verse. I went and listened to her album that came out around the same time, Pink Friday. I didn't care for it at all. And I was like, where's the Nicki Minaj of Monster? I don't hear that at all on here. Yeah, she could really do with maybe him producing a record for it. Yeah, that would that'd actually be really good. Yeah. Well, if, if, it's any, if it's just like that, I want that verse, but like album length. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be it's, smashing. It's absolutely ace. Mm-hmm. Such a shame when that air verse ends. <laughs> <laughs> right, should we... Sp- been that good old wheel to tell us what, who and what we should be listening to next time. Spin that goddamn wheel, Mike. Spin! Adam. No, no, it's you. I mean, well, yay, Adam! It is me. I'm going to say put a pin in those yays. Admittedly, they were sarcastic. I'm going to change change things up a little bit, Mike. Um, the year is 1996. I'm already dubious about where this is going. This isn't your territory. No, it isn't <laughs> at all. The year is 1996. Some five plucky gals have been plucked from obscurity. I really don't know where this is going. And released onto the pop scene. Sporty, scary, baby, ginger and posh. We're going to be talking about their debut. It's simply called Spice. It's nothing to do with Dune. <laughs> a shame, I know. It's a not one track called Bleeded Rackis Dry. <laughs> no, but there is one called Lovely Fade. Oh, um, it's. I, I really hoped I would live my life without having to listen to this album. Well, you've, suck you've it really. Up, this here. album was toppermost of the poppermost for a very long time. I've never heard it. It was released in 1996 when I was 11, um, which is why I, I it is, is my get out course, what I'm about to say. I thought this album was The Cat's Pajamas, The Bee's Knees, The Dog's Bollocks. I hate you so much right now. I don't think I've listened to it since I was, a well, since I was probably about 11 or 12. Uh, so I'm now 36. It's going to be interesting to see whether all the feelings are the same. I'm I'm envisaging getting annoyed, so I I'll I'll try not to come to it. I, I need I need to change my thinking. I need to come and just listen to this cold and just be like, okay, just be analytical. I mean, if I'm going to make you a suggestion, I think it would be. I think it's going to be a whiskey record for you. Oh, I'm quite upset. And I'm, I'm, what I'm interested in is with what it sounds like now. 
Mm. Because I, I twenty five years later, that is, it's going to sound terribly dated. I'm envisaging flat tinny production. Oh, bells! Flat tinny production was very much the calling card of the mid nineties. Right. Well, I can't think. I can't claim that you're going to enjoy listening to it. I don't think I'm going to enjoy listening to it. But I do think it's going to be worthy of discussion. Uh, You've you've thrown me a real curveball here. I wasn't expecting this to happen to me. Kept making snippy comments about the seventies. So you know, let's let's. I did. Why not listen to something we'll both hate? <laughs> I I didn't didn't envisage you drop this nuclear bomb. It's just because I made so some jokes about the seventies. So many copies. I mean, it, it was selling certainly in sort of figures that the fall and Kevin Ayers have really only dreamed of. Right. Well, please join us next time when we will be inexplicably listening to Spice Girls. Spice, a Dune musical. <laughs> Brackets bleeding like a is dry. Um, yeah, so thank you for joining us in this party where we have ram- we've, we've still managed to bring a sense of the 70s through John Anderson and Greg Lake to a uh, Kanye West album. Uh, Who to funk it? Uh, if you would like to suggest anything for us to play at the party, you're more welcome to do so. You can get in touch with us through Facebook. Uh, email us at listeningpartypod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Party Listen. You can find us on Instagram at Listening Party Pod. Just look for the old grey skull with the pink headphones. And to those people that have suggested records for us to listen to, we are getting to them. Oh, we will. We will. They're very much on the list. We Yes, we, we have a... Well... Some kind of list, and they're on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we both got a list, and it's on. It was already on mine, so we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you uh, do like our ramblings, uh, if you would like to help us gain consequence in the next five years, uh, please do like and subscribe us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We will yeah, be. If you want to be part of the five-year plan? Get involved. Yeah. Uh, we'll be most grateful. So join us next time when we will be. Uh, you can't say enjoying um, enduring we'll be enduring Spice by the Spice Girls yes farewell till then bye